Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome to the Co-Optional Podcast here on the 23rd of January 2018. Yo, what's going on, kiddos? What is indeed going on? <laughs> what is indeed going on yes, this not, day? Nothing of importance mm. was talked about or announced this week in any way. No. No. <laughs> not a thing. No, nothing. Not a thing. Just some half baked half baked sequel that nobody cares about. Yeah. I don't know what you're referring to. I have no idea. Yeah. Oh no, this is not important. not done yet. Mm. Not even close. Yeah, it's not even over. It's gonna be months until it's done. So yeah. why even bother talking about and it? And then really? honestly, like, you know, the launch version's gonna suck. A yeah, lot. For sure. Like it's gonna be a few months before they, they patch in. A few months. Stuff. Wow. I mean I I think that's uh you Wait, know. we talk about God of War because I can't be fucking awesome. optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> God of War is gonna be fucking awesome. We talk about God of War? Yes. Whoa. That's that exactly what we're awesome. talking about. That game's gonna be fucking awesome. Uh. <laughs> Are you playing chat right now? <laughs> <laughs> what are they talking about? Uh. What are they talking about? God of War? That guy's awesome. Oh, fuck no, that gives me awesome. Is this I'm a, ready. Is this I saw that thing? trailer today and was like, <sighs> I'm ready. Oh, okay. I didn't, I haven't seen it. I haven't looked it at it. It is exactly really everything that you've seen before. It's Great. literally just dad of war being a dad. Okay. And yeah, then yeah, like yeah. the things, the things that you probably wondered before, like, does the boy know he's a god? Like that kind of stuff. And then. Literally, that's the question. Like, does the boy know he's a god? Like that kind of shit. You're like, oh, okay, they're gonna answer shit in this one. Cool. Hmm. Looks like they took everything I liked out of God of War and removed it. So I'm probably just what? not gonna bother. Oh, the fucking how slow the fucking combat no is. in his life and was an empty just hole. He's of aggression. A fucking. He's the god of war, Kratos, killer of all gods, slayer of all things, and he care about and his relationship with his old fucking man Logan son. And wanted to settle the. Yeah, fuck. yeah, I fuck yeah. that and everything about that. Thanks. <laughs> actually, I am thrilled to see like Kratos v Norse mythology. I think it's gonna be awesome. I'm yeah, ready, that that I'm would be fine. It. If that's all it was, and from a proper perspective at a proper speed, not slow dad of war, weird over-the-shoulder combat bullshit, which is I'm what ready. this is. So, okay, yeah, you know that was, like, one of the best weapons of all time, the Blades of Chaos? Uh, let's replace that with a fucking woodsman's axe. I'm sure that'll be as interesting. Like, mm. yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. It could be fantastical. So. Yeah. I did, like, the slapdick method of... Uh, of Kratos fighting in the other games. Or it was just Pretty like much. a bunch of dudes coming for me. Watch out, watch out, watch out, watch out, watch out. That is the correct way of doing God of War, frankly. I was the laziest. I, there's no way I could possibly ever stream a God of War game because I was the laziest Kratos. Every passive I took and never learned any abilities, but I could like swing for like 12 million damage. But like, that's not entertaining. People would not want to watch that. It's like people want to watch like, actual yeah, yeah, yeah. combos and abilities. Yeah, they want to see cool shit. I would never do that. He's hitting like, X a lot. He's hitting a <laughs> lot of X right now. Yeah. Uh, it's okay. We have Bayonetta to carry the torch. It'll be fine. It won't be a problem. Our special guest today, Mr. Level Cap Gaming. Welcome back to the show. It's been a while. Hello. Thank you for having me back. Appreciate it. Always, always welcome. FPS expert extraordinaire. Yeah, I was just realizing like as anyway. you guys were talking about God of War, I'm like, I don't play anything but FPSs. God I mean, you it. basically just play a lot of first-person shooters, yeah. yeah. I which... do play Hearthstone, though, so. 
Yeah. That's like the first person shooter of card games. Yeah, I mean, it is basically a first-person shooter. Yeah. It's just you're loading a gun with money and just shooting it at the screen in order to yeah, win. So it's, I used to do it with Magic roasted. the Gathering. Now I'm doing it with Hearthstone. Yeah. Long as there's a trading card game. Well, this isn't even a trading card game. No, because you don't get to trade it. You got no fucking value out of it. That's the problem. That's why oh I. Oh God. I'm just I'm just a sucker. I'm sitting on a thousands of dollars worth of useless Hearthstone cards that I can't even fucking run on ladder you can't anymore. Trade that golden Ragnaros to anybody. Yeah. Can we? Can't do shit. Speaking of Blaze, because yeah. someone in chat brought it up, and uh, don't let I'm chat dictate has your points of view. Overwatch League, because that's like oh, oh fuck there now. All right, okay. Overwatch League. <laughs> the owl. Uh, yes. The owl, if you will. Yes. The owl. The. I am thrilled that it's getting like the response is getting. I have said this before. I'm gonna say it again. I may just be too old for for Overwatch to watch visually. Maybe, uh, yeah, maybe because I can't because, fucking like, watch it either. I it every time when they do like overviews, they show like a character like um, Widowmaker. I'm like, all right, cool. I get this. This is pretty. I like seeing the twitch of like the, the gun go. But when they're like, and now we go to a Genji or literally a Tracer or any other fast character, the screen's like, I can't. <laughs> I'm out. I'm done. It's like, okay, yeah. you've completely lost me. I have a couple of friends who have been like watching it a ton and they claim that the spectator version is better since the league has started. <laughs> I can't tell the difference. I, I can't tell at all. I, you know, I, I went down to turn of broadcasting and watched their initial thing that they did at the E-League TBS studio. And mm. if it is better, the only difference that I've seen that has made it better is that they slightly changed the color palette, you know, so it was mm. clearer who was on what team. That right. was about yes, it. They did do that. Like I, there, I know there've been claims of like, oh well, it's completely different now. They've magically fixed everything. They fucking have not <laughs> at all. And I've tried time and again now to watch it. I've given it the chances, and no, and you're right. I mean, I, I, even even with like you know watching through Widowmaker scope, at least you can see what's going on. But the thing is, like, I don't find it interesting watching people sniping with Widowmaker because it's not very hard. Like. If I watch someone pull off some really impressive shit with an AWP in uh, CSGO, right. that's cool. But watching people do that with Widowmaker, who is a much inherently easier character to snipe with, uh, you know, it's just a much easier gun to use, isn't impressive or that fun. So mm. I, yeah, I, yeah I'm, I'm not into it. I'm not. I'm glad that other people are. I'm glad it's doing Same. pretty well. Because as we mentioned, if this did really badly, that's really bad for everybody, esports wise. Right. Apparently, like, going to the arena is super fun. Like it's well, really I have no doubt the, arena, like, the live experience is super entertaining. It's and really being close fans. to us, dude. Yeah, I, I don't ever doubt that. My my biggest thing, like I since the beginning, I've always pointed out problems with it. And I remember at uh, BlizzCon two years ago, I was like, look, uh, when they played, I couldn't tell which team was which. And the first major thing they did was be like. Yeah, so every team has colors, and this is what the teams look like. That's great. I love all the changes they're making. Good on them for doing it and, like, making it easy for people to watch. But at the end of the day, until there's, like, a swooping camera, like, we can follow – until they really delve in and make it, like, well, even actually then, watchable. Even then, then, I mean, competing with, like, some like, CSGO, which is so clean and easy to mm -hmm. watch – and it's always well. Actually, it's a lie. It was. It used to be terrible to watch. It took them years yeah, to get. It's so slow moving. So that's why you can actually watch CS:GO, and the strategies yeah. are so kind of like 
straightforward once you understand some of the basics. You're sort of yeah. like, okay, he's going to take for there. He's going to try and shoot that guy. Overwatch is like these teams flying at 100 miles an hour against each other nonstop, you know? So yeah. trying to yeah. follow that. They it's the nonstop part as well, isn't it? difficult situation. With, I think um, they've done okay with making it watchable, but you almost certainly have to be somebody who's played the game a decent amount to like really but, sort of be able to sit there and understand it, you know? Yeah, it's just that even then, at the like there are just some characters that teams need to have because they're like top tier they're amazing characters like if you have a next level genji you're gonna start winning some shit like crazy but then they're like and now let's go to the genji player and his screen is great for him because he's he sees the code of the matrix but like <laughs> if you're a normal person watching it's like <laughs> and you have no fucking clue what's happening and it's I mean, it's fascinating to watch but it's like this does not make good watching I I am definitely I kinda like it to be honest. I like it because you're sort of man, we're different people that <laughs> we're totally different. I like it crazy. because you're seeing the level at which like the best players in the world are playing it. Because if you see them from a third person camera, you don't quite understand the difficulty of the accuracy or the speed of their movements, you know. And so once you actually start seeing it, it's like when you're watching pro counter strike or pro uh, Starcraft and you start That's seeing the literally what I was gonna say flying around the screen and you're like i can't even begin to understand right but but then they can cut back they can literally be like look at this guy's amazing cut back you see the overworld map and then they just show like the pictures of the players and they're just like and it looks amazing and you still get the overall view of what's happening overwatch Mm -hmm. i don't think has that yet and until they have that sort of like real solid i would disagree that when you're a first-time StarCraft viewer, you know what the fuck is going on ever. I'm not saying you, you know what's going on, but you can, you you can like see. You, it's still dynamic. It's still exciting it, to watch. It, it helps because of the perspective. You don't understand anything that's going on. No. You're just like, I think eventually some of that stuff is going to hit some of that stuff, and then I'll see things explode. Like, that's what you're kind of waiting for. You, but, you, but, it's, but it's more like it's more like a... um like a game of football Americans, or like any game where you can see progress happen. Like, mm. uh, if you go back on a StarCraft map, you can see the colors shifting and moving. You're like, oh, so that player is winning because that player has more of X, Y, and Z. There's, there's like, a lot of red over here on the map, and there's not a lot of blue. So you can kind of figure out, okay, the blues maybe not doing so well. I would say it, with StarCraft, the perspective helps. It's much easier to see from the top down. But you need the commentators, especially if you're new to StarCraft. It helps that we have yeah. really fucking good in, commentators. In high-level play, it doesn't... I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. Like somebody somebody having spread to more places doesn't mean that they're gonna win. No, no, it doesn't. No, so. not necessarily. The the thing the thing with Overwatch is that it has that where it's like, oh, we took B, or you can see us pushing the payload somewhere. They has that. But in between those moments are the moments of like insanity, which unless handled properly, can be very confusing. That's all I'm saying. Oh, yeah, I'm not yeah. saying it's like there's moments where you can be like, what the fuck just happened? And unless you're right, unless you have really, really good hosts, which thankfully Overwatch does, um, to explain what the hell's going on, uh, it's it's tough. It's there's a lot. They've got a long way to go, but so far I'm thrilled that people are into it because the more it's people fine. into it, the better it is for all esports. So like, yeah, because if it collapses flat on its face, doing. then it sets esports back ten fucking years, and we'll lose massive sponsorship the and investment. Of money invested. There's is just too much bonkers. money in it for it to fail. Like it, it literally is too big to fail and would have massive consequences if it did, you know. But I, that doesn't make it a good esports viewing experience for me. And I've tried time and time and time and fuck again. Anyone that wants to claim otherwise is like, 
Well, I'm sorry, I've been a fucking professional esports commentator for eight fucking years, and I still can't tell what the fuck is going on in that game. So, if you like, if you can, if you can, good for you, good for you. Seal clap, great. I don't like is- watching it. FPS wise, I will watch CS:GO over that ten times out of ten, and I'll watch Rainbow Six Siege nine times out of ten over Overwatch, without question. They're both much better spectator FPS that are much better paced. You know, they've got some actual downtime, so you have time to collect your thoughts and figure out what's going on. They've got good pacing. The explosions of action followed by the relative quiet is good. You know, that's the kind of pacing that you need in a, in a game like that. I, I, I'm going to give all the credit in the world to Soda Savvy for literally putting what I think into better words. I'm just going to repeat it. Uh, <laughs> is it the case... Uh, of other games being easier to see because A leads to B than to C, but with Overwatch, you can jump into perspective and find yourself over at E without any sequence of events. That's exactly how I feel. The mm. idea that like you can follow it that's until suddenly it. they cut you to some place and you're like, wait, what? Where am I yeah. now? What's happening? And you, well, yeah, you I mean, that's part of it, definitely. You know, because you do have those very large maps, but simultaneously, it's just also about the fact that you're looking at characters that do not do obvious things. Like, right. If you have yeah. a sniper rifle in CSGO, anybody can understand what that thing is going to do and what its role is. If I tune in and here's Winston bouncing about all over the place, and I, th- I don't know, does he have, uh, what is that? Is it a, t- is it a taser, I think, and blah, blah, and something's happening, and oh, ulties are flying off all over the place. It's a team fight. Some, is, is, I think somebody won. Based on the kill feed, it looks like somebody won. Okay, cool. You know, it, it's the same problem that Dota and League have had, except it's from a first-person perspective, therefore even more fucking confusing. Right. Do you think that in terms of, of having a progressional map in the same way, um, that there should be... And maybe this already exists, just like... I, I haven't been watching Owl, but... Um, having some kind of a way for on payload maps, like something that they can go to that shows like, here's where we started. We've made it all the way to here. And here's gonna, the end. I assume they have, thing. I'm pretty sure they have that. Do they? Um, I don't, I can't remember. I don't think honestly. I've ever seen that while playing the game. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like any additional visuals or anything they can do to show players instead of just like a bar at the top it's like they're halfway there like a map that's like they've gone this way and they're this way and like this is a choke if they can john madden the shit out of a map and be like here's the choke points and then go here Holy they can shit, i want to be the john madden of overwatch wouldn't that be incredible <laughs> just be like they've got to push through here they got to dive deep these men have got to get in there and push and that would be incredible i would love stuff like that if they had one guy who was the john madden of overwatch the question is when do you get the time to do that like, because if you think about the way American football works, you've got a lot of stoppages when you have time to do that telecasting stuff. This right. this game is goes, it just keeps going. Like, there's never, there's barely ever a break out, well, outside of a complete team wipe. Too. And even you could argue with StarCraft as well, because there's battles in StarCraft and then there's sort of and, economy periods. Yeah. And it's like, and oh, well, commentators yeah. can talk about the strategy and build up to the next big battle. Counter-Strike, you got your rounds, you got your downtime to talk about it. Overwatch is like start to finish. I mean, there is they, they do switch sides and whatnot, but yeah, each, each round lasts a while. I can't remember how long it lasts. Yeah. And then they have the time too, right? So there's like if they complete and... it a certain amount of time, then they 
now they're three minutes and eight minutes and two minutes and whatever. So, I mean, you could do it in between there and be like, last round, they got stuck here, so they got to go through this. Like, there's possible. Yeah, which they, which they do. Uh, they definitely do that. You know, they do that in yeah. between matches, though. Like, not an in between. They, they can't really necessarily do that while a round is going on. Because, again, outside of a full team wipe, there's no real downtime. It's just could that game just keeps going forever until either until the round ends. Right, there's right. No, I'm there's like, no instead of the time. camera the single camera shot on the commentators or like the cut to the one and it's the one come instead of just showing them and them explaining something, give us all the visuals you can. Give us like whiteboards and give like just throw visual things. It will trust me, it'll it can only help. It'll make things so much easier for players and fans to just be like Oh, okay. I see what this pro level player is thinking and doing. Anything mm. to help. That's all I'm saying. The more, the better. Yeah. I still don't like it. I don't have any intention of watching it. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that it is doing well, though. Because you're, you're trying to learn the characters, right? Especially if you haven't played it in a bit. And there's, there's quite a few to choose from now. And then they all have different costumes and stuff. So you're like, wait, is that the same guy or no? I don't understand. Yeah. yeah. There's a, there is a bit of visual complexity there. And I think it, it does make it hard for people who just aren't familiar with the game to get into. But maybe that's not as important nowadays, you know, because it's like League of Legends is huge, you know, and I turn it's... that on and I have no idea what's happening. Same. Well, I mean, I, I have like, to wonder how many people that don't play Overwatch are tuning into Owl because I'm going to go with none. I mean, I would think that everybody that's tuning into owl is probably still an active player or at least played recently mm -hmm. i'd be very surprised if there was a significant base of people that don't play overwatch that watch that i think um i think that there are a lot of people who wind up watching the games that they're told are good mm. oh yeah that might um, be true i mean those certainly there's been a lot of clip sharing there's been like yeah, yeah millions I, of views maybe least, to see the highlights for us and some of our friends it's been like we have we have the one guy who watches every match right and he will text us and be like you gotta watch this game that game is really really good it's really fun to watch right and then everybody will go and watch just that one mm -hmm. so i i feel like there are a lot of eyeballs on it just overall um but intermittently yeah Cool. Yep. Especially with it being with them trying to do kind of this, you know, general sports type schedule where it's on multiple days of the week. Like a lot of people just can't sit and watch all of it. No, but it's, I think it's, that it's comes a lot down of time. The growing fandom and then picking your team. And right. once people have their team, then I think like that's going to be the, the problem I have is that because it's an esport and because, uh, it doesn't have that natural growth of like you go to the stadium in your city. A lot of the like, I'm from London, so I support my London team. I don't think that's going to happen. That is all what Korean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I support I, London Spitfire. There's a lot of parks and moons in it, inexplicably, but yeah. It's like, yeah, think, uh, my name is Gavin Sun Moo Park. <laughs> no, no. That's the uh, London Spitfire. But I feel like the, 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 the problem then becomes you're going to have people who gravitate to the top like five teams, let's say. And after that, who are the fans of the other teams? So I think it's kind of sad. Cause then like no one really cares about their success. I mean, even shitty teams in every other sport still have a huge fan base because they're like, that's my team. And that, and one day we're going to make it. Well, yeah. I mean, that, that's why they pushed the regional franchising as much as they did. And I, which I think, I don't know if that's going to work with like the bottom 
four teams of an esport, right? No, I, I, I think, think it know. will, but you know, some, something, that, that, sorry. something that might help is that uh, much like with Smash, right? Like there are still tons of people that watch Smash. Um, but one of the reasons is because stories always wind up just kind of happening with it, right? There's like kids from who fucking knows where that pop out of the woodwork and just crush all of the pros. And you're like, I have to know what happens, right? That kind of a story. And there there have been a few upsets of, of uh, you know, thinking, oh, this team is going to be garbage. They've never even played together before, right? And then they win, like that kind of stuff. If If that sort of a thing continues to happen... I don't think that people are necessarily going to care whether or not, like it hasn't been around for long enough. Like you were saying, it hasn't been around for long enough for people to really attach to a team. I, so. I, well, I, I hope, I hope what is happening right now, because I think there, there may not be enough time for someone to be attached to a team, but I think there's enough time for people to start hating a team. And I feel like we already <laughs> have our Patriots of uh, Overwatch league, that soul team, people are already starting to get salty about them. So like, I'm okay with that. Course, it's course, good to yeah. have a team that you hate. They're, everyone has to be a Yankees or a Patriots. Why is it always the Northeast? Bastards up there. I can't say that. <laughs> They'll come get me. I love <laughs> you, Northeast. I used to live there. We're a great, you're great people. Go Steelers. Single tier. Well, yeah, of course, it's going to be the salt of that because the Koreans are going to win because they always right. and, win. But I think that that's good. It's good because if you're a fan of any of the LA teams, any of the teams that like are close but just keep getting shit on by the Korean team, it's like, all right. There's an now underdog story. Enemy. Yeah, I mean, we have that all the time in StarCraft as well. Like, we've had this for years where we get this foreign hope that invariably fails, except for the one time where we didn't. You know, right. and that that actually generates a lot of viewership interest. Viewership always goes up during foreigner versus Korean matches if there's a foreigner on a hot streak, and it'll go down when that foreigner gets knocked out. And you'll probably get that kind of effect, I would imagine, in... Of Watch League as well. Alternatively, what the franchises will do is, after realizing that um, Koreans own white dudes, they'll just fire all the white dudes and replace them with K Koreans, and then the entire league will be full of those, just like London Spitfire. So, you know, well, that's also that's, a possibility. Yeah, and I think, I mean, at the end of the day, I don't know that it affects too much, but I think the perception of the league being like it's hometown based and all the i feel like that makes it a little awkward to be like yes we're definitely your houston team now meet our korean players i, feel I was, like I was gonna say awkward. like I, I i was for london spitfire i'm like right in order for you to be allowed on the london team you have to have eaten fish and chips at least once and have to have actually visited london <laughs> at some point in your life and i know none of you have so don't even pretend there, there is an aspect of that which is uh, it, the London one especially because uh, yeah, yeah I, in real sports you do have players from other countries come in definitely a lot of them right. have limits on how many can come from uh, out countries outside of the where the native team is not all sports do but quite a lot do uh, but it it is a problem if you fill the whole team with players that aren't from that country and then try and push the regional aspect as a reason why you should support because then that, that is forced that doesn't work at that point yeah it, it's it's one of those things where i i have nothing at all against being like i want the best players on my team and if the best players are korean great it's just one of those things that perception well, wise for it, like yeah. this is my hometown and this is where i'm we're like we're the houston team or we're the like new york team we're the la team to then 
Yeah, to, to, you, not you've got to have like, that perception actually work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like league-wise, eventually, if every team is just like the best Asians they can find, then it just looks weird. It doesn't make it bad. It just seems like a little off. You're like, because that's every other. Well, e-sport. if you're relying so on, I have your but I mean, if you're relying on that for supports, and then, but people can see right through that as a facade because these people aren't from that hometown or even from that home country. Then no, that you won't get that groundswell of regional support, and you can complain about nationalism or whatever all you fucking like, but it's sports. It's right. sports. That's a huge, huge component of why people support athletes and why people support sports teams is that level of nationalism, even down to a local town level, for fuck's sake. You know, right. goes down all the way to the your local village football team. It's a big deal. It, so, yeah, I, I do negates, hope they, they sort that yeah, out. It negates the idea of what Overwatch League was supposed to be, right? Because then it just becomes every other esport. So why make Overwatch League if you're like... Because at that point, every other esports like get the best players we can for our team. That is sort of like an amorphous we exist on the internet team. This is supposed to be yeah, like your yeah. hometown team. So what's the point if it's just like every other esports team? That's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, you're muted. By the way, oh, we're not we're not being rude. Uh, you just muted. <laughs> <laughs> it's also supposed to support like kind of the idea of Overwatch, right? Which is like a lot of different people from different places doing amazing things. Yeah. And so if a lot of different people from different places like aren't even involved, even though <laughs> the place they come from is involved, it feels weird. There's yeah. a lot of different pl- people from different areas of Seoul, Korea. I'll have you know, you know, it's a big city. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people are saying that uh, people are training you for the Dallas team. And nobody on the team was even from the U.S. <laughs> for one player who was benched or something during that game. So yeah. Like, yeah, that's a little weird. Yeah, I wonder if they'll eventually put a limit on like a lot of other sports do. Where it's like, yeah, you can have a couple of players from outside of this region, but otherwise they have to at least come from the same continent. You know, I don't know. But with Overwatch, maybe it's that's not feasible at the moment. But we'll see. You know, maybe it does get to the point where it is irrelevant. You know, I do hope that people can support players based on how good they are and based on how well they play as opposed to where they're from. But... I wasn't the one that pushed the fucking hometown franchise aspect. Owl was. So that exactly. that's, on, that's on them. You know, if they're going to push that, then the consequences of that are firmly on their shoulders. Well, mm. And also you lose the homegrown aspect when you put all that money in it because it's people growing teams, right? And they want to win for the notoriety of it. So you don't like get this team that started up with like a bunch of friends playing league of legends or whatever together. And then yeah, you don't get that story championships. You have none of that anymore. It's just like, yeah. no, we looked at the stats and these four guys from Korea were amazing. So we brought them over, you know, and you're like, okay, well that's. And not they're going to represent cool. Malala, Oregon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I wonder if there's got to be like the rain. All right. <laughs> I wonder if there's got to be a uh, divisions below that, that would, actually create mm, those like stories leagues. yeah so minor leagues that are still supported i don't know to what extent the minor league system works with overwatch i yeah. honestly don't know enough about it but if they had I... a sort of official one that did that then that would that would be pretty good a sort I of love, challenger I love system. there was a, like a double a overwatch league a double a owl and like <laughs> you had really janky teams like we can make our our the co-optional curmudgeons and just be like a bunch yeah. of like people who really want to be in the Overwatch League. But you know what? Jim Jim Bob Slam Jam is his is his name. Oh my god, he's a good right. guy, he's but he just can't make it. Guest we've ever had on the show. Jim Bob Slam Jam. It's yeah. a weird name, but he's a good player. 
He's and great. you know what? One day he'll make it. And if not, he had a good career in the double A's. We can do that. I think it can happen. Yeah. Still don't mean I'm going to watch it. But there you go. <laughs> <laughs> just, just want to remind people of that. <laughs> yeah. Terrible, terrible game to watch, but whatever. What about games we've been playing, though? Because be honest, you I've oh, still you you can only been playing Slay the Spire. Uh, yeah, a lot of people have been doing that. That game That's... is so. I I don't know if they keep adding cards or if there's just cards that I'm still stumbling on and being like, I've never. Well, you card? unlock new cards per run, so the and they're probably putting no, cards in it's early not access per run. It's per like. Yeah. Um, it's per it's per kind of character level, level. yeah. But yeah. if but if you're doing proper runs, you should be getting character levels from that, unless you shit. Let's I got honest. the furthest that I had <laughs> ever gotten with a wow. character, and when I got out, I only got like this much. What? Experience. And I was like, what happened? How <laughs> far did you get? Like a quarter way up the first level? What? No, I hit the I hit the second boss, and uh, I still haven't beaten the second boss. Just full disclosure. It's but pretty hard. I hit the second boss and I only got like this much experience. It's on it's on stream. I only got like this much experience. I was like, what the fuck? Come on! Give me a level. Yeah, apparently they're adding a couple of cards in every week, which is that's a that's a good way to do things. That's, that's a good cool. way to early access. I like that. Yeah, that game Dude, is very, some, very good. There's some fucking crazy shit you can do. I'm I'm starting to like the bashy first character a lot more than I used to. Um, I've been trying out, you know, like, uh, builds where it's all cards that hurt him, but give me energy <laughs> and that stuff's been Everybody really will. fun. But like, if you don't do it right, you die really fast. Yeah. So that sort of stuff is really, really fun. Yeah. It's, it's a really good game so for, far. For those who don't know, it's a dungeon crawler whereby the way that you crawl through the dungeon is a deck building. Yeah. set up so you start off with a really shitty deck of really kind of shitty skills you try and get better cards more cards you try and create combinations of cards that work well together where possibly you try and get rid of cards that are maybe not so good although you don't have many opportunities to do that and you can also upgrade your cards as well so even if you're stuck with a bunch of cards that are maybe not so good you could upgrade them and now they're not quite so shitty anymore so that's that's fine and you're then also able to collect just a massive line of relics of just all sorts of different things that give you a bunch of buffs and debuffs and weird effects and all sorts of crazy shit like that. Uh, um, it, it is legit great if you like dungeon crawlers and card games, of which I love both. Yeah, I honestly feel like the only thing that's sort of divisive in this game is the aesthetic. Oh, it's hideous. I, yeah, I'm, not, <laughs> I, I just... I'm not a huge fan of how it looks, but I'm I'm fine with how it looks. Um, I, it's, that's it's, all, yeah, that's it's, how I get most of my dates. I'm not a huge fan of how it looks, but I'm fine with it. It's yeah. like, do, does it actively <laughs> put you off playing the game? No. no it, is it anything to write home about? No. Fantastic. Um, but it's uh, a good but, sign, though. You know, you're not. Yeah, yeah, it is. For the amazing visuals and whatnot, it's actually got good core it, gameplay. Yeah, yeah, if you can get past that, yeah, which which is actually, that was a problem for me initially. I'd, I'd heard about Slay the Spire like three or four months ago, and I think I'd stumbled across it on Steam, taken one look at the screenshot, and it's like, that looks like it was on Newgrounds 10 years ago, like, and then ignored it on that basis, mm. and then only came back around to playing it later. It is, it is very, very good, though, 
to the point where I am very annoyed that it's not on iPad so I can just play they're, it they're, forever. They've announced that it's going to be on mobile. That's yeah, like in- I am no doubt it will be, but I want it now. <laughs> just... <laughs> Chill, Veruca. TV. No, yeah, calm down, Veruca. Jesus. I just want to play three hours of it now on mobile. I, I can, technically. I can stream through Moonlight from my PC, but that's going a little far to play a fucking card game, right. I have to say. But it, it's a hell of a card game, though. It is a, it's very good. It, it's got almost no story of any description. It's aesthetically not pleasing in any way. But it's awesome regardless of those else things. Is so good that yes, I don't even exactly. Care. Everything else <laughs> is out. so good it doesn't Time matter. Out. Yes. Time out. Time out. Yes. TB, do you say I want it now so much that you have a Veruca Salt what e- emote in yeah, your chat? I've had, I've yeah, I've had that for like a year. I've got a Veruca Salt. I know you do, chat. but it never hit me that like the two of them crossed over to the point where like. How often are you just dancing about being like, I want the whole world? Is that your date? That's that's me 100% of the time, actually. I mean, isn't there an entire Co-Optional Animated where I sing that song? I mean, that's where we stole the emote from. Yeah, Yeah, but it's like a wave. When it comes back and washes over you, when the tide comes in again, you're like, I can't believe this is really a thing. Yeah, you're just like. (gasps) That is the thing that happened. (laughs) Fantastic. Yeah, need to play more of that. Lots, lots more of that. Game is getting quite the following on Twitch, which is interesting because is I wouldn't rate it as a game that's that interesting to watch. I agree. I agree. It's very fun to play, but I have no. There's no multiplayer now. Other people play it. No, it's entirely a single player sort of dungeon run. Like you can understand why someone would watch someone play like Binding of Isaac or Enter the Gungeon or whatever, but with this. I mean, it, it is watching someone sit there throwing cards at some really badly drawn monsters, which well, apparently is good enough for most. I don't know. Maybe it's just because we're doing the rounds of big streamers right now, and that's why I was seeing it up there. Um, um, but honestly, what I think it is is people. It's it's backseat bait. Oh, it's, oh, you think there's a lot of backseating with it, right? Yeah, I, you might I think be that right. People like watching yeah. it because they know what a good build is and they like right. watching somebody and being like oh man i hope they better take this fucking card because that's the best card in that oh they didn't take you, it what you remember that guy when we were at um dragon con that guy that tried to backseat us when we were playing dominion and tried to yeah. do it in real life oh my god that was good that was yeah. some good shit. that was a real moment that told, was a yeah, real life he told me not to take this card and i'm just like I paused for a second and then just slowly took the card and, and just continued playing. Like I didn't speak to the guy and he eventually wandered off as a result. But I'm like, what the fuck? Like this guy wasn't part of our game. Like yeah. he actually walked up to us and tried to backseat us while we we're playing game of Dominion, which apparently is a big problem with Dominion. And I'm kind of glad that Dominion doesn't have a good online client because I think if it did, it would be the most insufferable Twitch game that fucking exists. The, the the level of backseat optimization play in the chat would be catastrophically high. Mm. God, that would be bad. Um, mm. Oh, I I finally I've had the uh, the vampire event a few times now. It's good. It's good. Uh, yeah, it is good. Yeah, it's it's an interesting mix up for sure. 
Yeah, it can, does make the game so tricky. There are so many ways you can fuck up your deck. Like, there's yep. so many ways that you could be like, all right, my deck has really good synergy right now, and then do one thing. <laughs> Just ruin it. Just fuck it up, <laughs> yeah. And there's not many ways to fix it, because you don't get that many opportunities to trash a card. Yeah. But, yeah, it's it's still brilliant, though. It's fa fantastic. Do get past the fact that it's hideous. Trust me. It is a great game, regardless of that. Mm. There was something I wanted to ask you about level cap, because I have not had the chance to play this damn thing yet, despite really wanting to, and that's Battalion 1944. The beta for that, yeah. I believe, just came out. And yeah, you have had a chance to play it. 2016? February? 2016? It's been, yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. It's been interesting, because I think um, there's been a little controversy around it, because I think the initial Kickstarter was misleading because okay it was a game largely inspired by call of duty 2 and yes. COD pro mod and so taking the cod 2 world war ii theme and using that as a multiplayer only quick scoping fast paced high skill shooter confused people i think especially right. if you didn't understand the inspiration which it wasn't exactly clear initially so people were expecting like storming Omaha Beach or something, you know? And it's like, no, there's not going to be any sort of objective style gameplay like that. It's just going to be like domination CTF and then their yeah. competitive mode, which is kind of like a, I think it's sort of a kill confirm slash something else. It's, it's basically just five guys kill five other guys, you know, with some site light objective play mixed into it. Um, the feeling of the game is really good. I have to say it feels like if you've ever played a lot of, OG Call of Duty, um, and you enjoyed the multiplayer and the quick scoping and the reaction time and the accuracy of it, mm -hmm. um, then you'll probably enjoy it. You know, it's a beta, so there's little things that I could nitpick on it here with the weapon balance and whatnot, but you know, it is a beta at the end of the day. I'm kind of like confused, I think, because, um, or I'm not confused, but I'm, I'm curious to see what happens with it because it very much for me reminds me of the lawbreakers effect where it's like, old school devs and old school gamers are like, man, our games are too bloated. We got too much kill streaks and too much crazy stuff and points going up on your screen all the time. And these modern shooters, we've forgotten where we came from. We've forgotten where all the skill was. And like, these were the golden era of shooting. And so Lawbreakers came around and I actually really liked Lawbreakers because it, it, it innovated what the, the arena shooter was, you know, because yeah. I was like, you can't just keep remaking the old arena shooters because if they're that good people would still play them competitively Ex fucking exactly yeah god it's when people complain about uh, goddamn quake champions like oh well there's a there's an ability for character now so it's not quake anymore it's like what what do you want them to do because quake live already fucking exists and nobody plays it so yeah. Wh yeah. what did you want them to do strike is a perfect example of a game that had its purity and just kind of kept updating the client so that it still fit within modern terms, but didn't really change the format of the game. And that's still popular. But if people still wanted to play these classic uh, arena shooters in the same they popularity that we would expect, they'd still be doing it because the yes. games exist. They're there they for do. everybody. So my concern with this is that it's basically like you, COD World War II could make this game by removing features. Yeah, they, that's they true. Strip yeah. it down and make it by removing features. And the although the old COD games aren't really that well supported, I'm just it's not innovating in any way. Like law, I mean Lawbreakers failed, but it at least it tried to innovate. 
this isn't adding anything to the franchise. And that's what I'm a little concerned about because all it is is kind of recapturing the glory days of one era of gaming. And I think a lot of pro shooters are really excited about it, but that isn't enough to make it. No, it's not. No. So will you have enough players? Defending it to the death. You know, you've got these pro guys like, no, the skill's perfect. The balance is perfect. Like, it's going to be really good. Like, this is what I've been waiting for forever. And it's like, I can't help but feel that there's a huge vocal minority saying this is going to be the next whatever. And I'm like, I'm already kind of bored of it. You know, I like, I enjoyed playing the games right. back then. I don't know if I'm the target demographic for it, but I feel like If you're like not I the target little... demographic, who the fuck is at this point? As a guy that well, only plays FPS pretty much. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But I think you'll find, you'll find a lot of people defending it to the death, but it's not going to be fun to watch, I don't think. Um We'll see. Like I, I enjoyed it for the time I played, but I really couldn't play for more than a few hours before I'm like, okay, that's enough. But uh, then again, it's beta. It's only three maps right now. Um, I don't know how much more they're planning on expanding the base game mode. Yeah, I look at it and I see the exact opposite of what I want. Like if I, <laughs> with uh, Call of Duty World War II, the best thing about that game to me is the war mode, mm-hmm. which is the objective-based push forward try and do the objectives in a certain amount of time while the other side tries to stop you and then flip sides kind of thing. And that's not, that's not in this. No, it's, it's the exact, it's the opposite of that. You know, you're it's taking CTF a lot of that away. Domination really. yeah. Verbatim from every CTF and domination you've yeah. ever played. Cause I want the- those modes to be more interesting. Like I think we're, we're at a point where it, we need more interesting game modes and first person shooters, not less. Mm-hmm. and i'm kind of sick of games that are running the same game modes more interesting do you mean more modes or more interesting more modes? interesting modes more okay. complex modes yeah, yeah uh, it, we go back and look at battleborn you know even though it was yeah. obviously a complete fucking flop like if you look at the game modes in battleborn they were interesting and they had unique features that hadn't been done in other games before and they had a degree of complexity to them and there were decisions that you had to make in them and that was cool yeah that game had so many ideas that uh, i don't man i still think that that's a really (laughs) bad situation yeah i mean lawbreakers pissed me off i think even less than battleborn did because I think Lawbreakers deserved more than it got, but Battleborn had some really cool original shit in it and managed to die for a wide variety of reasons, many of which were the faults of the devs. There's no yeah. question about that. But it's like, damn, if that game had come out at a different time Absolutely. and maybe it had been made by a different studio, I wonder what would have happened with it. It's kind of like the Battleright effect. Like, before Battleright, they made Bloodline Champions, which was a massive fucking flop, right? Mm. And then they make almost the same game again a few years later in a different market with different things going on, like, say, Twitch being a thing and competitive gaming being in a very different place. And then suddenly Battle Right takes off in a big way. And I have mm-hmm. to wonder if, you know, I think there's probably quite a lot of it. A lot of Battleborn's absolute fucking failure comes down to that. Same with, like, Monday Night Combat and Super Monday Night Combat. Those were fucking awesome games as well that fell flat on their face. Maybe they came out at the wrong time as well. Yeah, yeah. I think in the shooter market now, especially since um, Battalion 1944 is pushing the competitive scene so heavily, like their Kickstarter was talking about competitive 
basically. Right. And I'm always wary of a game that's like trying to push that as the forefront. Yeah, because like, you need a big player fun. base for that. <laughs> yeah, you need a player base and the player base has to enjoy the basic game before you can be like, all right, esports, you know, and all that yep. stuff. But right, yep. they're not innovating in any way. They're just going back and saying, here's a really nice refined version of right. like competitive COD or pro what you were able to do 10 years thing. ago. Let's hope there's still an audience for that which yeah. there may very well not be. And then and then uh, I remember when they released the first in-game footage beyond the Kickstarter video, uh it showed like they have they have pro gamers on their team, you know, helping them balance and stuff. Yeah, so course, they showed yeah. footage from these pro gamers uh bouncing off of objects and jumping over stuff and quick scoping, headshotting people as they're flying through the air. And I remember like getting all these messages on Skype from different people like what the heck is this game? Like I crowdfunded a battalion in 1944 that looked like it was going to be objective oriented, like World War II battle scenarios. And uh, well, you, well, you want to be playing Dave Infamy and, then, because that's the game. That yeah, does that. I rewatched the Kickstarter, and technically they don't say that it's going to be that kind of game, but based on the footage you see, you're like, here's some Germans in the forest uh, charging a trench or something, or right. a pillbox. You, so you know? get so that impression. Like, yeah, and so it confused a lot of people initially. And I don't know if this was just an accidental thing on the initial Kickstarter video where they didn't understand what they were showing or whatnot. But I think there's, there was a lot of confusion and we'll have to see how that kind of transforms once people start actually playing the game. Right. Yep. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if it's got legs, you know, it looks pretty yeah. slick, but I don't know if I play a lot of it. I don't think it would keep my interest. Yeah, yeah. It's just there's nothing I can't I can't there's nothing I can say about the game like and then there's this cool thing where or this really interesting new way that they there's Well, there but, I mean if it deliberate if it deliberately went out of its way not to innovate, then no. I mean I guess you couldn't say that. You know, it's right. yeah. went yeah. out of its way to be like something else from ten years ago and then hope that that audience is still very much there. And it's hard, it's hard too, because I feel slightly hypocritical in that I'm constantly arguing against game bloating, which is devs piling on all this extra crap that you don't need in a good shooter. You know, like here's behemoths in Battlefield 1. Man, do they sell copies, but the gameplay mechanics are terrible. Oh yeah, they're horrendous. So oh, yeah. do you, you mean you don't like being blown up by something half a mile away with a giant fucking cannon from over from, you know, and over uh, and over again, or like two seconds after you spawn in to see that you've been artillery strike by something across the map? Yeah, um, that's that's yeah, really no, entertaining. I I mean, I just but, I love the respawn screen. I really yeah. do, like in a sexual manner, actually. So you know, I'm really into that. <laughs> that's what I heard. That's what I heard about yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's 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 a useful it's a useful fetish to have someone that's bad at games just really really like the respawn it's screen. Really. Yeah. Great yeah, background really. music too, you know, you can just put it on. Always good to have a bit of mood in the background, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's hard. It's like I don't like game bloating, but then if you're going back to a state of purism for shooters, it's sort of like you gotta have something to mm -hmm. attract players to it. And I just I know I know the pro players are super interested interested in it, but I don't know if anybody else is. So yeah. yeah. That'll like be, where where is that thing. purism? Or like where is that audience? And they're probably still in CS:GO. Like <laughs> you would think, like that's where most of them are, right? And they're not going yeah. anywhere else. Because mm -hmm. that CS:GO is already kind of dominating that tactical five v five shooter yeah. market. Yeah, I mean, although Rainbow, Rainbow, Six, Rainbow, Six Rainbow Six is, is doing, doing job, really Rainbow well. Six yeah, innovated the shit out of it. Did shooters. yes, it did. Yeah, 
something which I was like, okay, so let's see. Battlefield Bad Company 2 had awesome destruction and they never got on the esports scene. And I was, everybody was like screaming at them, make a competitive shooter with destruction. And then Rainbow Six is like, hey, here's a competitive shooter with destruction and cool class-based combat. And now, now Battlefield's trying to do incursions, which you know, has destruction, but it's not integrated to the gameplay as a central theme. No, and it won't so, be as well balanced. I mean, you know, there's years no. of work behind fixing Rainbow Six Siege, which, let's be honest, came out as a mess, but it's a hell it's of a still, lot better now. It's still a little bit of a mess. Yeah, it's dude, still got it's problems. It's got a strong player base, though. It's been yeah. going up and up and up. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. It's a, It's been a very impressive uh, comeback story for them, for sure. Yeah, it's good. Because it came out and people thought it was going to die, you know, because they're like, ooh, there's so many problems with this, but the concept behind it was so strong and so many people were like, this is the game I've been wanting for years. Just fix it. And they did. Well, they, yeah. you know, 99. And the division is now starting to get a bit of that treatment as well. And is I it wonder, coming back? yeah, the player count is starting to climb again. And I, a lot of positive, positive feedback about the latest update. People saying, look, this is, this now has a lot of content in it and it feels really complete and they fixed quite a few of the things we didn't like. Not everything, but quite a few of the things. Spongy and enemies, are those the sp- They're still there. I mean, but are the they? thing is, you, you're never going to avoid that, are you? Like, it, right. it's like uh, we, talk, we talked about how silly it is to have modern day weapons, but an RPG shooter where inherently mm-hmm. stuff's going to have to be about numbers. So there's, all, there's that massive disconnect in your head. Whereas like that's an M16. I shot a guy in a beanie with it, and he yeah. he lost ten percent HP. What the fuck? Or how do you get a version of an M16? You're mixing skill-based gameplay with then the also RPG elements, and that that's always infuriating. And you're doing it with real weapons, like realistic-looking yeah. weapons. So how does this M16 do twenty times the damage of this other M16? Like yeah. it's like, well, it's, it's a special super secret uh, classified M16. Uh, you've you've just got to get over that and say this guy beat you because his armor's got three times as much health as yeah. yours, and you're like, okay, so. You- I'm playing a pseudo skill based game in which I can just get beat by somebody Kinda. who it's it seems like it's mostly PvE. Like they've really focused more on the PvE now. Um I still like the survival mode. I think the survival mode's fucking awesome because everyone starts with the same load out there, so you don't have to worry about that. But I did I did go back into it briefly, but I'm not far enough I don't have a max level character, so I wouldn't really notice what's different and what isn't. I went and did, did a mission. Did they fix the hacking situation on PC? Apparently, yes. Yeah, that's when been, I that, stopped playing. It was like it was really bad. Yeah, apparently they they've, they've dealt with unavoidable. that quite well. Yeah, but I'm being told that there's a lot of really good stuff now at Endgame, and that the loot is a shit ton better, and that um, it just I mean, performance wise, it seems to run really well. It, it always ran really well for me anyway. I thought it was a beautiful engine. And it ran. Uh, absolutely wonderfully and it was a great looking game i did a mission or two and i'm like yeah this is how i remember it it seemed a bit tighter you know the ai wasn't doing quite as many stupid things uh, i was headshotting stuff and it was making a more satisfying splat noise so i was okay with that i thought that was pretty good i think they changed the noise a bit more of a splat so i'm good with that uh, it can make a big difference sometimes you know it actually really can like the it, surprisingly if you get a really good satisfying audio report on on weapons when you hit something with them it can make a huge difference as to how they feel but you know what i'm thinking is really going on with this i'm sure the division is improving and it's you know climbing back 
up to where it's probably was supposed to be and what they promised initially. I think, actually, it's benefiting from the fact that Bungie cannot stop fucking up c mm. consistently yeah. over yeah. and over again, fucking up Destiny 2 to the point where people are like, I want... I, the game that you promised is what I want. You're not yeah. offering it to me, so... Mm -hmm. I'm going to go to either Warframe or The Division that offer similar enough experiences and actually have content and have devs that aren't crazy and actually listen to us, et cetera, et cetera, and don't constantly try and fuck with us and lie to us about things. Like, I, I have a feeling there's a big aspect of Destiny resentment that is fueling The Division right now. Yeah, Bungie's got to tread lightly, you know, because they made this massive IP. They just created it out of nowhere and, and had a success on their hands, which is, like, kind of amazing, really. That's a huge feat for any company. And now they got their sequel, and they've been... Well, I haven't actually played it for a while. Oh, um, God. But I, mean, I hear I the microtransaction fast, stuff got really bad. And I've been trying uh, to keep I, track of what's wrong with the it. the multiplayer aspect of it. Right, because it's like okay, like this this is gonna have that Halo vibe that I've been seeking with some interesting sort of class variants and whatnot. But oh, apparently the PvP is a shit show, and yeah, that's one of the is, main complaints is. about with it. That there's is a massive shit show, and you've got the the good old WoW problem back where we had WoW PvP and weapons and armor balanced around either PvE or PvP, and one was fucking with the other. Apparently, mm -hmm. the division's got that, uh, not the division. Sorry, um. Destiny 2's got that in spades as a problem, and there's a division har 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 in the player base between who <laughs> want between who wants what and how to balance what. But it's a yeah. the reports that I've been seeing, bear in mind, don't play the game. Uh, the stuff that I see popping up on Reddit or on news sites on a daily basis are just little petty, stupid things that Bungie are doing that are just pissing people off. Mm -hmm. Like the way that they they put hidden caps on XP and didn't tell anybody. Yeah, or the way they dirty, limited yeah. certain things and didn't tell anybody. And the really? amount of shit they're putting behind bright engrams and into the Eververse microtransaction system and all mm -hmm. this other shit. Can we... Look, ignore for a minute everything about Destiny. Just ignore Destiny 2. I've, I've been ignoring minute. Destiny 2 for months, <laughs> at least in terms of playing it. But... <laughs> Maybe things have changed, but the one thing that drove me crazy about Destiny 2, and to this day, still, I think it just might be a Destiny thing. One time I went to go do some stuff on a planet with some friends, and everyone's like, hey, we're going to this other spawn point. I'm like, okay, everyone warps out. I don't know where they go. I don't see them on okay. a minimap. I don't see them on the over map. I don't see them anywhere. It's literally... You can kind of tell which direction they're in because there's so many twists and turns. It's like, okay, well, there's three things that way. So which one are you guys at? And you have to like, I fucking hate that shit. Just let me see it on the minimap, goddammit. I don't know why that's not in that game. It's the simplest quality of life thing. And they're like, no, we're not going to do that. That shit right there was like, all right, well, I'm never playing this game again. I'm done. I can't do this. Well, that game's got um, such a massive problem with how bad its suite of social features is for a game that they're constantly claiming is an MMO, which is how they can justify selling you $30 expansion packs like every two fucking months. Like, that's, you know, bear in mind, it was supposed to be a subscription-based game until they changed it to that, which is 
basically the same thing anyway, because if you don't buy the stuff, then you'll get locked out of content. So you might as well be subscribing for 15 bucks a month as it is. It's it's the same fucking system. But the, the, the social features that are there terrible terrible they're like wow had better social features 10 years ago than this like it's not a social mmo it's not you don't have anywhere close to enough shit in that game to justify that and you've also got the big problem where people are comparing it to destiny 1 which had three years of development and expansions to make it good and now you just reset everything again, and you're slowly adding stuff back in from Destiny 1, but you're making people pay for it again. Or you're I hiding do. it behind a fucking microtransaction or something. I, I do have a question. Oh, yeah. Like, do we, do we know, aside from the cynical reasons, do we know why they were like, eh, we're making Destiny 2 now? Uh, it's like, an, it's an active, uh, it's basically they signed a really stupid deal with Activision over about a 10-year period or something. My numbers could be completely off here. They made they signed like a three-game deal with Activision over a certain period of time. They had to make it. Like so there's going to be a Destiny 3? Yes. Yes, there's going to be Destiny 3. They they have to make it. I'm not sure what the specific deal was. I'd have to look it up because this was years and years ago. Um, what a fucking ludicrous system for an MMO like game where it's contracts. like, well, we're not going to do expansions. The characters are created to be gone. We're going to make a third game now. Like that's insane to me. It's totally nuts, man. It's. I mean, it's they really do that depressing. kind of shit in all forms of media, right? Yeah, yeah but like, not to this like, extent. Way ahead of time, we're like, all right, we're going to make this many standalone things that people have to buy or see <laughs> you know but, right, they but, no, but none of it involves like format, you know for quite a while and built up a player base and sort of refined the multiplayer and made the game good and kept building yeah. on it as sort of a game as service type concept rather than like here's a massive world recreated here's the sequel you know, like a couple yeah, of I don't, ago. I don't get that at all. That yeah. doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense. But yeah, we will be getting a Destiny three, and probably the same shit will happen again as a direct result. And it's totally, you're right. It's totally bizarre because honestly, if I look at Destiny one, I look at the list of the features, I'm like, wow, if they actually brought that to PC, this is a game I would play because yeah. actually, with all of the yes. stuff that game has. I, there's enough stuff to keep me interested for a good long period of time. Uh, to that's the point what my where, hope for Destiny 2 was. was like, oh, God. Okay, we're going to get all the cool shit from 1. Plus, like, no, new shit is going to be yeah. amazing. No, it's like we start from scratch. It, it it's, the same, it's the same problem when you see like a new MMORPG come out. They're like, we're going to compete with ones that have been around for 15 years. For 15 like, years and it. have 15 years worth of content behind them. Yeah, you can't yeah, do it. It's not possible. It's like, impossible. Like, yeah, right. You just yeah. can't. And they go, And this will happen again. It, unless they are somehow able to, and I'm pretty sure they can't because their contract says they've got to make another game. Like if if they were able to take Destiny Two, and take all the content from Destiny Two, just you know use the same engine, put most of the same content in it, and then sort of release it as a Destiny Two Point Five. But Level Cap's completely right. Like they're trying to use a games as a service model, but we know there's another game coming out in like two and a half to three years that's going to right. reset everything. So it's not really games as a service at all, is it? Like Not to mention the actual game design flaws with it. So like in an MMO RPG type game, you have to have some semblance of interesting story behind it. The sequel was, I mean, let's be honest, they were both pretty much garbage. Right, that's the, right there. You're right, you're right. The first, the first one was like vague. 
vagueness on top of vagueness. Yes, Go yeah. fight the darkness. Look it up on the internet. We'll, we'll tell there. you later. Or it's in a wiki. It's literal darkness at the end. <laughs> and you're like, I thought this was a metaphor for like, nope, just darkness. Okay, yep. so you fight the darkness. Storyline's stupid. Uh, fan base gets upset because you didn't read all the like shit on the website to understand oh, the backstory or whatever. Uh, second game is like the most basic literal like I'm a big bad guy and I'm invading the earth. And Holy shit. The yeah. Most painful cliche monologues. Unbelievable. I was watching that. I'm imagine. like, you expect me to be invested in this shit? Bearing in mind, I know $500 million bought that dialogue, that script <laughs> right there. It's so bad. Jesus. Yeah. And, and my transition from Destiny 1, like I played Destiny 1 quite a bit until I like just was like, so it's just grinding now, you know, and then I stopped playing it. But Destiny 2 from storyline to grinding was like an almost instantaneous transition beat the campaign and like and then that's what you do yeah and then and then it's just like i went into multiplayer some guy has this weapon that kicks my butt because it shows him on the radar where i am all the time and so i'm just like how is this guy shooting me as i'm coming around a corner oh he's using something called like the midas multi-tool and it shows that you, you don't have like, okay cool how do i get this grind these missions for the next 20 hours i'm like this is so weird now i have to go do things that i hate doing to do the things that i enjoy doing like that was just my issue with Destiny in the first place. And I was like, cool, they'll fix it for the sequel because they said they're going to and that multiplayer, you'll be able to unlock items from just playing multiplayer. And now you can't really. So, I'm curious, yeah, and this is just step. wild throwing it out there. Why Destiny 2 didn't give you the ability to one, transfer a character over and start that character at like, this character they starts explain, max level for you. They and said then any why, new player start at that um, level. So like... Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. You start at level twenty or level thirty or whatever, and the new characters start at that level too. And then, like, like the whole idea of like you were strong and you lost all. You're the only one who can. You lost everything, and I have to start over again. Is like the lamest. How are they going to do and that for Destiny Three? You Destiny have to start 3, like, again, it again. again. It how happened? God damn it! <laughs> it's like how did we keep falling for this shit? Well, yeah, and you want? I mean. I'm I'm not somebody who ever got, you know, super obsessed with an MMO, I guess would be the right word, but like isn't part you of You play a, a, a decent amount of Final Fantasy. Constantly getting stronger. Oh, well, yeah, you think so. You would think so, but apparently I not. I step off for, like, for no worries. We're actually going to break anyway, so it's all good. Yeah. But yes, I mean, you'd think that would be how an MMO would work. But Destiny 2 is not an MMO, despite the fact that it keeps pretending to be. Anyway, we're actually way overdue for a break. So we'll be right back after the break, folks. You watch the Co-Optional Podcast. Don't go anywhere. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Co-Optional Podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed your break and the sounds of the soundtrack from the rather wonderful There Came an Echo. It's pretty damn awesome. Haven't heard that one in a while. Some big giant circles and some Ronald Jenkins. Wonder what he's up to these days. He's very, very good at what he does. You should buy his albums, I think. Ronnie Jenko. Mm -hmm. I, Ron, Ronald, Ronald Jenkins. Ronald J. Jenko. With his strange hat and mannerisms. Mm. All right. What video games have been playing this week? What you got? Someone throw a hat in the ring. Uh, well, I mean, we talked about it a little last week, but I finally played and beat uh, the new Rusty Light game. That was super ridiculous and weird. Um, How long did that one right take you? It was so fun watching you play that since I had played it already. Yeah, we discovered that um, there's a reason when we combine our forces, we solve 
mysteries and puzzles together so well because the things you couldn't figure out, I figured out. And the things that I couldn't figure out, you were like, oh, that's easy. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, it was um, crazy. There were there were some puzzles where I was like, oh man, I got stuck on this for a while. There were some of them where, where both of us had trouble, but uh, multiple times I was like, oh man, I got stuck on this one for a while. And he figured it out instantly. And then other ones where... I figured it out instantly and thought that they were really obvious and he like completely overthought it. <laughs> That's my problem. I always overthink puzzles. I'm like, there's gotta be a m mystery here. There's gotta be something that I'm not <laughs> thinking of. Um, I'll get to another overthought puzzle in a minute when I talk about the next game, but like literally it was a uh, four hours took to beat four, maybe five hours. Um, They're all really short. It's just the third game weird. in the series. Is it? Uh, third game in the Rusty Lake series, but apparently there are like eight cube escape games. Okay. And apparently those are the games that will make all this make sense according to the yeah, internet. That's what I don't, I played the, if it's the same cube escape games I'm thinking of, I played those forever ago and I don't remember them being in any way connected to what I've seen in Rusty Lake. So I'm like, I guess I'll go back and replay those. But Everyone like, keeps saying, like, you got to go play those. They explain stuff. I'm like, do they? <laughs> um, okay. But it is it is a bizarre, bizarre game that only gets weirder as you play it. And the more you play, the stranger shit gets. And um, uh, this one, I'm glad. I will simply say at the end of it, you're like, oh, we're starting to make connections to the other games. And actually, mm -hmm. things start to make sense, and you're like, in a weird, like, really messed up way, things are making sense now, and I don't know why. It shouldn't. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. Apparently, more are coming. So shout out to Rusty Lake. Speaking of overthinking shit and bizarre weird stuff, I played, I finally got around to playing the Brace Yourself. The Final Fantasy 15 DLC assassin's creed festival oh that thing right yeah. all of it yeah so like just take a moment let that sink in oh god There's an assassin's that's the creed wrong event button in final fantasy 15 and i want you just to take a moment to just you don't have to watch all the stream just go whenever i upload it go watch the first like five minutes in which prince noctis while driving to the festival explains his love for the assassin's creed video game franchise and then <laughs> And then when they get to the festival, a character starts talking about how the assassins are legendary heroes who used to live in this world. So the right. canonical reason for this festival is, one, there were assassins who live in this world. They then created an Assassin's Creed video game in this world based off the assassins in their world that just happens to look like and be like Assassin's Creed in our world. Really? Okay. Head explosion. It is <laughs> insane. Wait, so is this a cross-promotion thing? Oh, this... fuck yes it is. It is It is bonkers. Wait, is Final Fantasy... Is... Nope. Nope, no? this is just, I think, someone wanted money and or they were fans. I couldn't tell you what happened. <laughs> but it's a promotion for the new Assassin's Creed game. relation between the two games. I'm like, same producers? There's no? none. There's I can't oh, think of a relationship. Right. Even the gameplay mechanics don't work well with the scenario they're giving you you have to sneak but there is no crouch and hide you just have to slowly walk behind dudes you like it there's moments where you like leap of faith into 
carts of hay and you're like wait why are there carts of hay in front of it it's insane it is truly one of the most insane things i've ever been a part of at one point it bugged out and i was stuck in a marketplace being killed over and over again because you have to run during this part but there was no way to leave the marketplace and then when they kill me i'd get my life back to 100 and so i couldn't die i couldn't die and i couldn't leave it was hell the, <laughs> i can't this doesn't sound like a good thing it was it it is like it's terrible but for some goddamn reason it's entertaining because of how like idiotic and insane it is but it's not i can't say it's good i can't i not it's an free to like live your dream play it if you want to but like it is not great however it, it, it's insane enough that if you want to see some crazy shit like play it um but at one point, I'd rather you just watch it so I don't have to deal with playing it. it well, they do have a mystery <laughs> that I think is pretty fun. Um, you have to find the Apple of Eden, and so it's like a treasure hunt. And I will say, I overthought 99% of it to the point where at the very end, it like the clue that I got, I was like, hold on. Is it <laughs> literally just, I have to go do this? I had spent who knows how long trying to figure this shit out. I was like, no. And when it worked, I almost cried because I realized... Every time there's a riddle, I think it's like, I got to I gotta go in there and I got to fucking uh, Da Vinci code this whole damn thing. And it's right. never the case. The riddles are never that complex. It's always just like, no, uh, literally, that's what you have to do. What an insane, what an so insane there, fucking was thing. Was there hardcore mechanics in Final Fantasy? Did they um, do No. The, no, I'm like, no, that's the whole, they added them so like, what it is, is is you go to something you can parkour, you press X, and then you like get up on it and you do the parkour movement. The problem is because the mechanics of Final Fantasy are like interacting and jumping is X. So sometimes yeah. you'll like jump and then not touch something. And there's a it's it's jank. It's super jank. It is ridiculous. And at one point I was on a mission and I literally got stuck on a ledge. And I'm like, climb, climb, climb climb and he wouldn't and the guy who i'm supposed to follow just walks out of frame it's like you failed it's like what it is <laughs> not good but whatever it's it's yeah but the one thing they do i think is hilarious is in final fantasy 15 the very first boss you fight is a guy named loki and he introduces himself he's like i'm loki and i'm a badass and you kill him and he never shows up again in the game he's in this dlc so there you go hey, yeah hey. so you get some backstory i was like all right i'm okay with this what a what a ludicrous game so yeah that's what i played i played i played assassin's creed in a final fantasy game because fuck it there are no rules anymore it's 2018 zero rules <laughs> nothing <laughs> matters anymore nothing. going out of your way to waste your time at this point <laughs> <laughs> that was an all-day stream that was an all-day stream i played it so long and too long some might say no achievements were in that thing. All it does is it gets you like a shield and photos. Was it worth it? Some may say no. So, some most would say no, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Dear God. Oof. That's, yep, really that's what I did. I'll tell you uh, something I tried to play and have been sort of battling against more so than anything. And that's the Switch version, Darkest Dungeon. Oh, really? Is it is it causing you problems? Yeah, it, 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 it seems like a pretty good format for it. I mean, honestly, for me, the best format for Dark's Dungeon is like an iPad, right? Sure. You know, touchscreen, yeah. ideal for that. Problem right. is, 
for some fucking reason, and I have no idea why, they still haven't got the damn DLC on the iPad version. Like the, the iPad version is still versions behind all the others. I don't know why, but I don't want to waste time on it until they get Crimson Court and the Shield Breaker and everything, in, and there are right, all the changes in there. And last week we were talking about how, oh, the Switch version is going to have everything. Ha, yeah, so has everything right off the bat. Might as well just yep. get the Switch version. Yes, yep. so I did. And, uh, well, I... <laughs> So if you're going to play it handheld, you think, right, well, it probably has the touchscreen functionality, right? Well, it does, but it's not very well implemented. And also, you quickly realize that's not a very good touchscreen, and it's quite small. So you're probably not going to succeed by using the touchscreen all that much, because that UI, there's a lot of stuff on it, and it gets a bit fiddly, and my fingers are a bit big for that. But I'd be mostly trying to play it docked, on my on my big TV, which means of course no touch screen. It means use a controller. The control combinations are some. They're they're something. I'll yeah. I'll say that they are. Uh, they are something. The, the I already get very confused by Nintendo controls because I never grew up with them, and they've got those weird names for shit now. It's like there's a plus button, and uh, this is Z L and Z R, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, this yeah. is fucking what? That's right. Is what? I don't I don't know what that is, but okay, sure. And there are several combinations where you have to use more than one key at once. Uh, and you've got to remember which of, like, it's Z, R, and A here, but maybe it's X if you want to get it to do this. I think it, there was, even for something as simple as getting the torch lit, I think it was something like the bumper and then X, but don't press B, because that'll snuff. So make sure you press the right button. And I can't remember on, I can never fucking remember the right order on a... Nintendo controller for ABXY because they're all over the fucking place. Because um, I keep I keep thinking it's an Xbox, and so I end up pressing the wrong damn button. And the inventory navigation and getting trinkets properly equipped to stuff is uh, quite the thing. Let me put it that way. It it you're consistently balance. You can you're battling the UI, and I have accidentally done a lot of stuff in that game. And that is not the game to accidentally do things in. Right. Like, for instance, um, I shoved my uh, camping gear into a curio, uh, which was cool because you kind of need that for a long dungeon. But I did it because wrong button. Oops. <laughs> so that was great. You know, my most important item in my inventory disappears completely. It's like, this has no use here. It's like, no, I just threw my camping gear into a barrel and I can't get it back. Or end up dropping a really valuable item or trinket because I pressed uh, A instead of X or something. And, <laughs> oh, bloody hell, it's really annoying. Uh, <laughs> it is incredibly irritating. It would th There are ways that would make it easier. I think if they permanently had the tooltips up, all the time for the button combos, that would probably help. But they don't. They're only up at certain times. But one way or the other, the way they have designed the key... And I think anyone who played the Vita version probably suffered similar problems. Is not good. It's... Yeah. You are battling. You are fighting that game. And 
unfortunately, because that touchscreen is so small, that's not going to fix your problems either. Which was really disappointing because I really want to dive back into Darkest Dungeon in a big way and I thought that'd be a good way to do it. Mm. Uh, but I I have found that I don't really want to play more of it on Switch because of how fucking convoluted the controls are. Yeah, because you're right. It's the sort of game where you're already struggling. It's already a difficult game, mm -hmm. right? You don't need the the mechanics and how the buttons are laid out to add to the difficulty like no you don't you don't you don't want to be accidentally to doing that shit in that game so that you don't get unduly frustrated yeah an accidental use of main hell accidental use of items was an issue on pc where you accidentally clicked stuff it's way worse on switch because of the way the controls work i mean hell the inventory isn't even up 100 percent of the time you've got to press d-pad down i think to bring the overall inventory up and d-pad up brings the map up god zooming in and out of the map that's a fucking adventure there's all sorts of crazy shit going on with that uh yeah it's actually really disappointing because obviously in every other aspect it's great obviously it runs perfectly and it looks great and everything like that but and it's got all the content but fuck me they need to sit down and have another look at those controls I don't know if there's any kind of rebinding. Maybe there is. Maybe I could dive in and try and fix some of it myself. But holy shit, I, uh, I I'm just flummoxed by it. Yeah, I really am. <laughs> Such a bummer. Yeah. I have had I I have a couple of friends who had never tried it before, and have tried it now that it's on Switch, and have said like, "Oh man, this is actually a really fun game." So it I'm is. glad it's great. that like they're reaching new people but it does suck if if there's if it's just not super intuitive the way yeah it's it. just that like i said it's just the, the controls there's too much there's too many ro room for mistakes and there's too many multiple button combinations and things like that and mm. yeah like i said if they had the tooltips up all the time to remind you what the buttons are that'd probably be fine with it but there's still some really awkward shit about how like yeah you know getting to a character then opening a character's menu and then equipping him with a trinket is actually a really hard and difficult process to the point where when it first came out i put it out on twitter asked how to do it and nobody knew like right. there was like if you can find out could you tell us because we don't know either and it ended up being some stupid four-step process of what how is this this hard like right. i would rather have an analog stick just be a virtual mouse Honestly, for most of that. Like, go the Destiny route with it. That would actually work better for a lot of it. Yeah, so very confusing, which is quite disappointing because I'd have loved to spend a lot more time with it. So I guess I'm just going to wait for them to update the iPad version whenever the fuck that is, and I don't know why they haven't done it yet. Because it's way better on that than anything else, for obvious mm, reasons. You would think that'd be their biggest market, too. Sounds like trying to play a shooter on a cell phone or something. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if it's actually because they're asking for money, and asking for money on an iOS device is difficult. People yeah, don't like buying games. Tons of ads in our face. Yeah, time. yeah, of course. Or like, oh, or they could do something like Hero Academy 2, for instance. Oh my! Oh my! Oh my! Oh my! Hero Academy. You remember that game from a yeah, long yeah. time ago? You remember how that was good? Um. Because it was. Any wrong if you say you it wasn't? Just want to point that out. 
<laughs> it was good, and you had that. Yeah. You had a TF2 team, remember? Like it came out on Steam, and they added the the TF2 guys yes. as a team, yeah. and you could play that, and that was really cool. It was a really awesome sort of. Let's just Google it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You know what it was? It's from like 2011. It was one of the first good phone games. Then they brought it out on PC, and they had all the TF2 characters as an actual faction you could play, which was fucking awesome. And basically, everybody had a a faction to play, and it was a turn-based sort of a 1v1 tactics game and everybody had the same deck but you could like get factions for like a few bucks that were different decks and that was it like there was no card collecting or anything like that everyone was on a level playing field it was really good hero academy 2 has gone full-on collectible card game with this concept in just the most ludicrous of ways that has thrown all of the things I liked about Hero Academy right out of the window. Oh, no. Yeah. It's... I, I'm not surprised they went this... I'm not surprised they went this way because it's a way to make infinite money, right? Card packs, card packs, card packs, blah, blah, blah. You know, instead of Hero Academy where everything was fair and you could buy all the factions for like a couple of bucks each and then everyone was on a level playing field. Fuck that shit. Fuck being on a level playing field when you can collect cards to make sure that you're not on a level playing field and you've got better shit than the other guy. Yep, they went full on with that. The yeah, I don't know. I don't think card packs or loot boxes have really proven themselves as a effective microtransaction now. I don't I don't know. Well, I, for some games are making a shit ton of money from it. Oh, I'm just kidding. It's I like know. The new way that everybody is like, oh, card We've got to somehow turn it into card packs in some way. It's like, How you about know, a crate that opens up and explodes and you get a random set of items from it? Yeah, this is a Northern Lion shill video that I've got on here. He was sponsored to, to play this. Uh, this is actually how I found out that the game existed and then was massively disappointed by it. But the... The gameplay is quite similar to the original, whereby you put units on a board and you buff those units up with items and stuff and you have them fight. And there's a lot of good layers of complexity in there in terms of people have different weapon types that work differently in different ways and you can equip them with a bunch of different uh, magical weapons and stuff like that. So like the card diversity really helps there because it makes the game a lot more in-depth and complex and there's some really good interactions. The problem is, of course, they're selling you the packs to get them. And in a in a big way as well. And getting access to the other factions, you can't even get them at the start of the game. You've got to play like the basic Empire faction. You've got to keep leveling up and leveling up and then buying a whole bunch of new stuff and different packs just so you can play the other factions you know i can't even make a deck of the second factions because i don't have enough fucking cards of that faction to do it with it fuck you know they they just went full-on mobile collectible bullshit with it there's currency after currency after currency piled in it there's several different kinds of them the yeah, only really yeah the only thing that i think it's really got going for it is it has an extensive single player set of campaigns that do let you earn quite a lot of stuff and the campaigns are generally unlocked through a fairly easy to collect in-game currency mm. outside of that though it's like god hero academy was such a really cool well-balanced simple competitive game that I absolutely loved it. You could play it cross-platform between PC and mobile. 
I played a shit ton of it. I played a bunch of it with uh, Jen, actually. I My video from 2012 on this game is uh, me playing Hero Academy with Jen, and that's got the TF2 guys on there and everything. Yeah, yeah. And it was really fucking awesome, and, you know, it was balanced, and it was fun. And this... Pfft, not this. Absolutely not. It's... Oh, God. The whole collectible thing is just... Do you ever think that um, the whole legislation of uh, loot crates and card packs and all that stuff will ever go through and change the the transaction model for these games and force no. people to pay not for CCGs? No. Like even even if there is something done with loot boxes legislation wise, like loot boxes and card packs, we already like we already figured out the whether or not card packs are gambling or not about twenty years ago when this came up with stuff mm -hmm. like Magic the Gathering and um trading cards baseball, baseball cards. cards and stuff yeah, yeah we we already know that that's not the case um but it's it's definitely not a good model because the just the sheer amount that you have to invest and the amount of time that you have to throw in to a game that you'll probably then stop playing and then all that stuff's just wasted mm. is just and I'm I'm someone that really likes card games and I haven't thrown money at a card game since Hearthstone, and I haven't played Hearthstone outside of the dungeon run mode in over a year. I haven't bought anything in Hearthstone in over a year. Like, do you really feel like starting again with another card game and saying, right, more here, have some more money? Not really, no. Not, not with digital card games. You know, at least There's with definitely a burnout when it comes yeah. to stuff like that, where you're just like, I spent a bunch of money on this one thing and now I'm not having fun with that. And no way I'm going to spend money on something else. And like, like you hit a point eventually where you're like, no, I'm out. I'm out of yeah, that. I'm done. I think it, uh, it's also the same kind of a concept as like, like with MMOs, like we were talking about earlier. If you've sunk a lot of time into something, you're like, why would I bother starting from zero when I've mm -hmm. already spent so yeah. much time on this other game? Right. Well, so. I, and, and I mean, there's games that exploit that in a big way. Like they, these account-based games, you, they really play on the sunk cost fallacy in a big way. It's like, it was with uh, League of Legends, for me in particular, I probably would have quit that game six months before I did, if not for having as much stuff as I did in that game. I'm like, well, I, don't, I can't leave because look mm -hmm. at all of the stuff that I've got. Yeah. There's so many account-based games and games as services that rely on that to keep people in. Right. But on the flip side, it means that you can really burn out and then never want to go back. Like, I don't want to spend money to get back into Hearthstone. Like, I'm three or four expansions behind now. Yeah. Am I going to go and try and buy all of that? That's like the one and a half grand's worth of cards or some shit. You know, and that's assuming I don't... De of course, I could DE my old collection and get quite a lot of it that way but fuck me it's just such a it's a, such a daunting proposition i just don't want to do it mm. yeah it's a bit rough i feel the same way with hearthstone too the last expansion came out and i just didn't have time to get into it the way i like to but i still felt obligated to at least buy like one batch of cards so i'm like oh so i'm not out of it next time it comes around but i felt yeah. like when i did that i was like oh Am I like, is this an addiction problem now? Like, what's yeah. going on? Gotta yeah, throw like 50 bucks yes. at it, yeah. at least. Gotta I'm do that big pre-order for 60 packs to save $10 or whatever it yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's gotten the transaction models have gotten very aggressive. And I think Blizzard is one of the least aggressive. So if I'm addicted to one of the lesser aggressive microtransaction models, you know. Uh, I don't know if that's true with Hearthstone. Like, I would maybe agree with some of their other games, but with Hearthstone, they're very aggressive. Like, I'd say incredibly so. They're one of the most expensive online card games that exists. Like, compared to a lot of the other ones, they are expensive card pack wise you don't get a lot of cards in the packs compared to other card games and they're very stingy about acquiring cards in other ways whereas a lot of other games um uh, off the top of my head elder scrolls legends is more generous um eternal is more generous shadowverse is more generous um and obviously there's a few other examples like plants vs zombies um heroes is more generous it's Outside of like actual magic, the gathering, you know, it's hard to find something stingier than Hearthstone, I think, when it comes yeah. to card acquisition. At least you can sell your cards in Magic the Gathering. Yeah, you know. you know, you can sell your collection at the end of it, at least, you know, and they, they always have some value, even if it's only a few cents. <laughs> I well, had a I had a friend appraise my collection not that long ago, and he was just like, "Yeah, it's a couple hundred bucks here." I'm like, "What? Are you kidding me?" You that's know? all right, <laughs> but at least you know it's a couple of hundred dollars at yeah. least. Yeah, that is better no than here's my locked Hearthstone account. <laughs> well, yeah, there's, there's a lot. Of, you know, you can always break those cards out and play again. There's nothing mm -hmm. stopping you, and there's actual formats that support playing with the old cards as well. Whereas Hearthstone has a degree of that with Wild but mostly it's you play constructed and you play with your rule set or they don't play at all. But you're noticing all, a lot of these other card games are moving to different models of play. Like people are sick of the old models of play. So like, well, we're just going to do a draft. Right. Or we're just going to play this mode, which is like a kind of set sealed deck format. Or we're going to do do something that does not involve having to own a $600 deck. Mm -hmm. Right now, yeah. I've got a box of 1,000 Magic cards, and I've got a big booster box of the new Stupid set, which is like the one where there was, I think it was a literal card. I think that may have been the last set, possibly this one, where it says, get a Nerf gun, shoot a Nerf dart at your opponent's cards, anything knocked off the table is immediately removed from the game. Like that awesome. stuff, that kind of stupid stuff in it, which is banned even in it. those tournaments because it can damage the cards. But that's, that's a slippery slope right there. It's, it's, hey, in the first set- fist fight with your friend. In the first set- sacrifice one card from his hand if he loses. Hey, in the first set, there was something called Chaos Confetti. You have to tear the card up and throw it on the table anything that lands on remove from the game made headlines yeah remove from the game um it was fucking nuts um and those sets are like released as jokes and i've got a booster of that and i'm like so i've got that you know these thousand cards most of which are like commons and uncommons from various sets mix it in with that and kind of basically just do a have a big box draft you know and just draft out of that box and we get different decks every time and just play with that like don't do anything else just i've got a collection it's not an incredibly competitive collection but i'm only playing with friends and family i don't need a fucking big competitive collection i just need a bunch of cards and then we just draft them and go yeah uh, that, that seems like the seems way like to go these days
Yeah. You, nobody wants to lose to your the buddy who spent three grand on cards. No, they know? really but don't. No. I've got this deck. It's built off of last year's grand championship finals, you know? And you look at the <laughs> yeah. Cool, dude. That's how people. everyone kind of learned to play Magic back in the day. Like, the friend who was super, super good. Like, how, <laughs> yeah. do you, how do you do this? What is this? And they're like, let me show you. Here's the cards you're going to play with. And then you just get shit on. And you're like, one day I'll be better than you. <laughs> that's that's what happened. That's what happened for me. I was Every like, I'm going to get every yeah, fucking fair. card I can. Yeah, $5,000 that one later. friend at least who, uh, who like went to, you know, local competitions and stuff. And you were like, damn, he must be really good. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's all these different formats, especially with physicals that are allowing a lot more people to play it. And those formats don't exist in most digital card games. You know, like the, um, I, I keep mentioning it. I think I mentioned it maybe last week when we said, hey, there's a Lord of the Rings card game coming to PC and iOS. And I mentioned the living card game model, which mm. is what this is, uh, whereby when you buy the set, you get all the cards in it. And then all they do is they release a new set like every few months, and then you just buy the set. Right. And and kind of something like, um, like Ascension or Dominion. You know, you just buy the box and it's got all the cards in it. So I would happily play a digital card game that did that, which is, it turns out, the Lord of the Rings card game, which is a co-op card game it's not a one versus one game is doing so if there were if there was a one versus one card game that did that where the, every few months they're saying uh yeah you want to pay 30 bucks for our expansion you get all the copies of all the cards hmm. i would say yes i would <laughs> i would absolutely sure, do maybe. that the thing is right now of course hearthstone can get from people like me 400 dollars for all the cards instead so but the, but that's the question, is it? Do you want to make a game where a shit ton more people can have all the cards for 30 bucks? Or do you want a game where the 1% gets all the cards for 400 bucks and everyone else sort of scratches and claws and spends what they can? What makes the most money? Well, in the case of this, obviously it's Hearthstone because it makes money hand over fist. But what if mm. Hearthstone didn't exist? Which of these two models would work, let's say, if you had two games with equal sized player bases? I would right. like to know. And I would play the game that let me have the set for 30 bucks every couple of months. I think a lot of people would too. Because then away goes that fucking complaint of, oh, I don't have that legendary card. And that's why I lost that game. Well, dude, you do have that legendary card. Because if you bought the set, everybody has it. You know? Mm -hmm. I'd play that. I, 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 I want to believe that in like a perfect world that would be amazing like everyone gets every card and everyone but for some reason <laughs> the asshole side of me knows that the reason why card games are popular the way they are is because you can be like this is my rare card that you don't have and i just drop this on there's you and like get definitely fucked. part of that there's yeah 100 percent so yeah yeah and so I, I as much as i want to be like everyone can have every card and that's amazing it's great the idea that like either I can get lucky enough to get a better card than you, thus making me better than you, or I can pay my way to being better than you is something that I think a lot of people just can't pass up. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I remember I've been criticized in the past for like paying to win and shit. I'm like, dude, you knew if you could pay to win, you fucking would. You and you'd it. relish yeah. in it. You course you relish in it. It's like, yeah, I paid to win. And yeah, I just shit on you with all of these fucking things. I'm like, I, I, don't I, hate the player, hate the game. But be, <laughs> you know? because there's such a culture of that, I think it's also created like the anti-whale 
It's created like a group of people who have a lot of pride and like, I haven't spent a fucking dime on this. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. People get militant about that. Yeah. Actually. yeah. And, and then the, the, they're all those are also the people who are in the game constantly. So mm. it's a win win for the dev because you're like, yeah, don't spend any money, but you're constantly playing my game. Yes. So there's always people online. It works great. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You know, that's how a lot of those models work out at the end of the day. And it's not sustainable, though, because it only works for a certain number of games. And all the other games just die because they don't have a large enough player base to, to sustain them. And let's be fucking honest, you know, asking $400 every few months for some virtual cards is unfucking reasonable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's unreasonable for anybody, even people that can write that shit off on their taxes, even people <laughs> that can stream it and make money off it. If even I am saying that's fucking unreasonable, then yeah, there's a fucking problem there. Come on. That is an absurd amount of money for a video game. That's ridiculous. You can tell how much money they're making by the quality of their trailers that come out every day. Yeah, there's like, a lot of money put in that. This cost, my God. <laughs> yeah. Well, we just bought Pixar, so fuck it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just let them do it. <laughs> it was a pittance. Oh, yeah. Jesus. So a game I have been playing a lot of because the missus got into it and is now very scarily good at it, and that's Andy Hero. Well, oh, I think our current so I think our Again. current scoreline is eight to one in her favor. Fuck me. She is really <laughs> good at it. Scarily good. She uh, came to me uh, after playing as like, uh, oh yeah, so I finished the campaign on hard. I'm like, you what? Like, because that's quite challenging. It's like, do you want to play? I'm like, yeah, totally. You know, it's, that's gr I'd love to play a one versus one competitive digital board game with you. That's like seeing a fucking flying unicorn in the middle of an eclipse, shitting right. down gold bullion on the top of my house. I would like that. That's a very rare opportunity. At which point she annihilates me over and over and over again. I finally got a win on her at one point, and I think I'm I'm looking good on this round as well. But that's a <laughs> You know, that when you play the same person over and over again in a game like that, the meta starts to really evolve. Mm. And it's really interesting to see how that's happened because she never used to build thugs in that game at all right. uh, until she realized that I was going around uh, evicting all of her fucking urchins and shit and using her, my assassins to screw with things and using my gangs to murder her gangs I was always, like, leveling up my gangs more than hers. So she just started to create blocks everywhere with thugs. Like, so I couldn't get to any of the places I need to go to. And um, then she discovered the saboteurs. And I was like, then it was all over. Because she'd constantly predict where my fucking hero was going to go. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's good. Like, being able to play that. Um, you can play across platform. So I could take my turn on PC, or I could take my turn on my phone, or I could take my turn on my tablet, and you can take your turns whenever you want. So, and you can even get an email that says it's your turn. So, yeah, mm -hmm. Antihero yeah, is Yeah, I like the play-by-email awesome aspect of that game a lot. Yeah, yeah. So I dig that. That that's that's been that's been really really good. And the oh, and, and little do you know, she's giving you pity wins just so you'll continue to play. Yeah, probably. You, you know, that's entirely possible. I'm gonna have to get her into something that I'm better at. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I know she's been playing quite a bit of Hearthstone lately, but I don't know if she's. I, I'm not gonna get back into competitive in that. I don't think. 
Uh, we're, we're both the dungeon runs for ages because they're they're really really fun but you know they're not going to expand that mode because they don't make any damn money off it mm. which is why slay the spire is better because it's basically dungeon runs but better put it on ios so fun man it is um one so we played one thing that we didn't mean to play but has come up on the show before and that's nine parchments mm. if you remember oh. And Jesse missed out on this. Um, we were actually going to play Full Metal Furies. That was the plan. The guys, right, I was ready for that one. Yeah, we were all ready to go. That game has some issues. Like, I couldn't get it to load because apparently it is, and this is what the devs told me, it is detecting something, possibly maybe my stream deck or po or some weird peripheral, as a DualShock pad, which automatically crashes the game as soon as it loads. What? And Yeah, I know. And when Jesse loaded it, he had some massive resolution problems. And when Sin Victor loaded it, it crashed to desktop like twice in five minutes on him. So basically that game, which is a kind of really crazy co-op action RPG by the guys that made Rogue Legacy, is a bit right. fucked right now. It's a bit fucked. So we're waiting for them to fix That's it. That's too bad. Yeah, because it looks cool. It looks really fun. Yeah, yeah we're probably going to try it again this weekend or, you know, something like that and give it a shot again because it does look really good. But in the meantime, we the three of us, because Jesse ran off, we played Nine Parchments. You well, look, I play I Nine Parchments. but it's fucking great. Nine Why? Parchments, it's like Magicka. I wanted to clean but, instead. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to I clean. To oh god, we. Uh, but well, the three of us played Nine Parchments, and we fucking love Nine Parchments. We thought it was really, really good. Uh, we had a lot of fun with it. It is definitely somewhat like Magicka, no doubt about that. There was obvious inspiration taken from Magicka. It is much easier to cast spells than in Magicka because you don't have to do that crazy combination of elements and everything like that. And it's much more focused on being a magic brawler where you work as a team to take down the enemy. But the friendly fire aspect is a huge deal in that game. Absolutely massive deal. So accidentally killing your friends, accidentally pushing them off a bridge accidentally oh i set you on fire and you're running around with a fire dot on you accidentally is definitely a big thing in that game that sounds right. like some of the most fun friendly fire though. it's a really it's a really fun friendly fire actually extremely fun and there's a shit ton of character unlocks uh, we only start with a couple of characters but there's like over 30 characters that all have three unique skill trees each there's like 40 or 50 different spells you can get you can do shit like combine the beams to make a crazy super beam and everything like that. There's a bunch of really cool boss fights and it's a really pretty game as well. You know, it's made by the guys that made Trine, so it's a very colorful game. And we really had to work together because a lot of these different creatures have magic immunities. So like, well, I can't use my really cool awesome spell on him because he reflects it or he absorbs it or whatever. So we've got to work together against all of this crazy shit that's coming our way. And it was a good time. I'll say that. It was a really, really good time. It worked flawlessly in online multiplayer. The amount of really awesome unlocks and stuff that you can get and the fact that there's like 60 different unlockable wizard hats and all sorts of shit like that is... It's some good stuff. I, I was I was expecting just Magicka Light and mm. I ended up finding like it. there was a lot more skill involved in this game than Magicka. Magicka is just chaos. This is a lot more sort of a skill-based brawler or dungeon crawler. It's probably the best way to describe it. 
Um, St. Victor described it as like golden axe with magic, which, yeah, yeah I'd go with that. I think that. it definitely has a golden axe feel. Yeah, because it's very I, I much like going. That teamwork element to it, too. That sounds, I haven't played it, but that sounds really cool just because, like, you know, from my years and years of Diablo, it was always like, oh, who's got the best yes. gear and stuff? And then he kills everything, and you're sort of like, I didn't kill anybody. But this looks really cool, like, in terms of working together. Yeah, it's definitely not like that. Like, you could take a level 60 character in there with a bunch more damage, but in reality, most of how effective you are is down to using the right spells on the right things and at the right time, because every spell has its own individual cooldowns and energy meters and all that sort of things. Uh, but once you start to get, and you can get up to nine spells, it's pretty wild with the amount of stuff that you got going off on the screen. The friendly fire aspect being such a key part of the game. There's one unlockable character, which sounds fucking hilarious. I think it's this mechanical owl, and he's really into lightning, like really into it, <laughs> to the point where... Every time he casts a lightning spell, he creates a lightning aura around himself that pulses for about two seconds. And if he keeps casting lightning spells, he keeps pulsing this lightning out, which means you can't stand anywhere near him because you right. will die. So yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a basically you have to keep him away from the rest of the party at all times. But if any like enemies come near him, they just melt. So there's all sorts of crazy shit going on with that. We were really impressed. Mm -hmm. um, it is out on Switch as well, which is a fucking great platform for it. It's out on all the consoles, including Switch. So you could definitely do a sit down and do a, you know, three or four person couch session with this game. And I think it would work really well. Mm -hmm. And you can check out more of that on my channel because we did a video about it called Co-op Wizard Murder. And there was a lot of wizard murder. And I don't know if there was a lot of co-op going on. They give you a teamwork rating at the end of every level. And we mostly got Civil War. So... Uh, the other one was how the hell what we don't know. I think was was the other one it said. So yeah, was some uh, some good shit. We were really impressed with that game. Anyone else got anything else I've been playing this week? I've been playing this uh, this indie game, really not very well known. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. It's called uh, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I hear that's really oh, puppy on... G. Puppy G. Puppy G. Puppy G. Yeah, it's really I think on the up it's and got up some that potential. one. Potential. We'll have yeah. to wait and see if uh, people get into it. But yeah, I've been yeah. How 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 big into PUBG are you? Are you one of those people that is just every no, day I'm grinding, not, grinding? I'm not a zealot by any means. It's uh, I I've been playing shooters for too long, and bad game mechanics annoy me too much. So it's very much a love hate relationship. I was gonna say, well, boy, like, will you love PUBG because it's full yeah. of those. <laughs> Because you get into it and you're like, okay, so all his damage dropped in one frame. I'm dead instantly. Hackers all over the place. Bad vehicle physics. Just people dying randomly. But it does have that e really fun ready, folks. adventure mechanic that I don't think anybody's really delivered in a shooter before. So, I, you know, it's huge and it's fun for that reason. But I play in stints, you know. Like, I'm good yeah. for four hours and then four hours and then one hour beyond that and I'm absolutely livid so <laughs> yeah it just pisses you off too much i couldn't play it for that long i mean the i battle i play fortnite on a, a occasional basis with mm -hmm. PUBG. it was the Which side I will argue is a better game but it is I in just, many ways I get into the cartoony nature of it but just from a pure net code and performance and production value from it actually running properly yeah it's yeah. pretty good and, i mean frankly, i wouldn't say it doesn't have that as well yeah, it do, I mean, it doesn't have better shooting mechanics, I wouldn't say. You know, they're very arcadey compared to PUBG's, and I would prefer PUBG's mm -hmm. to some extent because, you know, the, it is pretty cool for a weapon to feel 
a bit more realistic. But when it's, when it's adopted the exact muzzle velocity of a real life M16 so that you can lead by the appropriate distances that they train military uh -huh. personnel to lead at yeah. like 300, 400 meters. You're like, okay, that's pretty cool. When the ACOG site works as functioned based on the distance markers, where you can measure the little thing on the scope based on the shoulder width of your opponent, and then zero them in, you're like, all right, that's 400 meters, take the shot, headshot like that. Feels that is pretty crazy. When you're doing it, mm -hmm. except for when the net cut's like, nah, none of that's gonna work. And they don't just... actually let you, yeah. It's like, that's how yeah. it's supposed to work. That was, was like, um, you know, obviously the mod was based in Armor 3, which was a mill sim shooter. So you're going to get quite a lot of that in there. But yeah, when it doesn't work, I can imagine that being frustrating as hell. There's got to be a middle ground. I need a game that has a middle ground between the two, I think, because I, I, I prefer first-person Someone's going to make it. Someone's yeah. oh, they make will. It. Totally Someone's will. already working on it. They're not telling anybody about it, and it's going to drop, and it's going to take the market. Because we saw PUBG come out, and all of a yeah. sudden people are like, H1Z what? Like, what's Yeah, that yeah, that got eaten alive. Um, I think this is like such a volatile market right now. PUBG is so huge that it'd be really hard to dethrone it, but I don't know if it's going to take all that much nudging to get people to just jump off the PUBG bandwagon if something better yeah. comes along. Yeah. And I, I honestly, I don't think it's that hard to make something better than PUBG. It's from a no. design standpoint, it's got so many flaws in it. It's just, it has no competition other than Fortnite. And that's very much a do you like cartoon shooters or do you like milsim shooters pick? You know? Yeah, and I, I want someone in the middle. Like, I want a first-person shooter, which Fortnite isn't, you know? So mm -hmm. I, I want a first-person shooter. I want something that is authentic but not realistic. So in other words, I want Battlefield, basically. You know, that's how I want my shooting to be. I want Battlefield. Yeah. And that's not what PUBG provides, obviously. But if there is a game that does that, and arguably, I think a smaller map with less players for me is better i want a faster paced game with less downtime PUBG is full of downtime a lot of people actually like that aspect it's like oh i, I, I hate oh it i hate it that's why i, I much prefer fortnite most to hate looting mechanics i'm just yeah. like all right so you if you survive the first 10 minutes and there's some cool fun action there now you play 20 minutes of running around and looting occasionally during yep. those 20 minutes you will find somebody in a closet who's going to blow your head off uh, yeah, and, and then, then, well, that was the last 30 minutes gone, well yeah. spent, you know, running... And there's the end game, yeah. Yeah, you know, there's the... It's, it, it, people, one people call a PUBG a walking simulator, that's not actually unfair. Like, you know, they call DayZ the same thing, and they both have the same issue. Like, these giant fuck-off maps, I prefer my action to be more concentrated and for there to be way less downtime when I'm playing a game like that. Yeah, um, and a big problem, too, is fighting the game itself instead of other players yeah. and a shooter yeah, no shit. that's a battle royale amongst 100 players i don't want 30 of those players to die to the circle closing <laughs> on them. yeah you know like that's terrible mechanics because then you're like well, i've had so many well, i've had chicken dinners where we've seen hardly anybody and then we like killed the last few people and we're like was that was that, that it, it? You know? Like that was the that's the interesting fun. thing, yeah. right? About a PUBG having a hundred players. Like, does that actually make any difference to you as the individual player when you don't see ninety five percent of it's them? It's all based on scale. It, it might as well have five players because I didn't yeah, see right. the other dudes. I don't give a fuck. Like, yeah. and, and I was an interesting. Uh, someone had announced some other battle royale game, and there was this guy who posted and said, "Oh, it's not a battle royale game. It doesn't have hundred players." 
I'm like, well, one, where the fuck did we get the rules for that from? You know, yeah. it's certainly, it certainly <laughs> wasn't guy, from. This guy's got it all figured out. He's certainly wasn't board. from. Oh, I don't know, Battle Royale, which did not have a hundred people in it, or the Hunger Games, which did not have a hundred people in it. You know, you could totally have a much smaller one that would still be totally fine. Um, yeah. and it, it is funny that they seem to think a hundred is necessary. You it's know? totally fucking not. It's I way played, not. I played a weird rendition of it on. Um, the devs that are making that Far Cry multiplayer shooter from forever ago, uh, Warface, you know that oh, game? Yeah, Warface is doing kind of that. Yeah, crappy, the, the, but they came out with a battle royale that I think was like 16 players, and that worked fine because it was a small map. 16 yeah, players, pretty small much. map, circle moves. And mm -hmm. I had more fun playing five-minute rounds of that for quite a while because yeah. I was in action basically every minute pretty regularly. I mean, the game itself had so many crappy mechanics to it that, you know, it's not going to be successful. But, like, uh, I, you could see any size of Battle Royale working. Of course, yeah. players on 8 by 8 kilometers is, guess what? You're not going to see people ever. It's a lot of running and a lot of nothing. And, and 500 I buildings. People were expecting the new map to be smaller. But it got bigger and it got more buildings. So there's like a building for every player in the map. Great. There's three buildings for every player in the map. Yep. So, I mean, if you choose not to be aggressive, you won't see anyone. And the aggressive players won't find people either because the guys who are not playing aggressively are hiding in a building somewhere. Not <laughs> right. Playing. You're just like, okay. Yeah. I have not, I, I, and then some, since some people are mentioning this in chat and I was about to bring it up. I have not tried the Darwin project yet, mm. but what yeah. I've seen of it is way more intriguing than what I initially thought. I think we all remember that it's little weird five-second reveal at E3 where they had this shoutcasting commentator, and we were all yeah. just like, this is the fakest shit ever. Turns out, yeah. the commentator is actually a real feature of the game. At PAX South, they had the whole thing on like a huge stage, and uh, it was playing all of the days. And it's literally, it is the Hunger Games. But like, yeah, they made the Hunger Games. With the like, that's like the guys are in it and i i don't know that i ever play it but by god i would fake cast the shit out of that i would <laughs> dress a, up a, and be like oh my god yeah I, the guy's I, called the show director um they, they say it's a living bridge between the players and spectators he's a host that controls the arena that's a cool thing he he can actually trigger things like nuclear bombs zone closures gravity storms and and use the power of their voice. I guess he can like give gifts and stuff like that. So it's apparently a 10 player battle royale experience. Like much, much more sort of focused down thing. They're characters that have different abilities and stuff. There's some survival elements to it. You can make traps and build stuff. This look, and there's a bunch of live spectator interaction, which usually I would say that's gimmicky bullshit. But then you remember, wait a second, that was the whole fucking principle of the Hunger Games. Right. right that it was actually it awesome. a show i'm not gonna lie it looks yeah, really I'm, cool i'm far more interested in it now i it's a real shame that they hadn't yeah. emphasized that when they did the first reveal at e3 because i thought this looked like bullshit but yeah, this is now, right now. i'm interesting. super interested and this looks really unique and there's some other weird thing that's happening at the moment involving snoop dogg and some battle royale He's playing thing. SOS right SOS. now. SOS, uh, yeah. That's been pitched a lot. Uh, I know a lot, a lot of people lately have been getting codes and stuff for SOS, which is basically the exact same concept, except you're dropped on an island, and it's you have to get a relic, and then you have to escape with the relic, and that's sort of yes. like the, the gameplay mode. 
But um, yeah, right now players. Snoop is doing this. I people don't know whether he's actually playing or just like doing commentary. I'm gonna go with probably but, just uh, commentating. Clips but... are starting to pop up in the. I haven't watched one yet, but I know it's happening. So get ready. That's gonna be uh, <laughs> and some weird a shit, crazy thing. Because there's um, there's PVE aspects to it. Because there's there's monster hordes, so it's a bit more like Daisy, um, right. with battle royale kind of put in there for good measure. It's also nice and colorful. It's a first-person game, which is great. But there's, there is, again, an aspect, apparently, of um, role-playing. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, it's kind of like a running man. Like, they say, um, harken back to the days of 90s reality shows. Set up alliances, stab your friends in the back, and win the affection of viewers to become the ultimate star. I'm getting that running man vibe and those dystopian future death games sort of thing. <laughs> This is some really interesting shit. Like, I, I'm intrigued by both of these games. I'll admit I don't mind the idea of them actually trying to create an interesting story behind a battle royale too, because I don't know, you just get tired with the PUBG, like here's an island, here's some guns, go kill mm. each other. Like I enjoyed the concept of like the futuristic death battle or whatever. Yeah, totally. Prisoners pitted against each other to win their freedom, you know, some cheesy... Story There's a lane. game being made, I think, called Scum, that I think is actually just that. Um, I'm not sure if it's a Battle Royale game, um, but let me just double check. Yep, multiplayer open world survival game, and yes, you are a convict trying to win your freedom by the looks of it. Yeah, so that it's game exists. If you think about it, because who would we want to release back into society? Only the most successful killers of <laughs> Yeah, of course. Like, oh, he's just a second-rate killer. Get get a thrown back in prison, you know. Like no, it's like we need to unleash the, the the most useless killers, like the guys that just couldn't murder even if they wanted to. It's like the guy with no arms. Like he's really short-sighted, and honestly, he wasn't really in there for much anyway. It's like, look, guys, I'm. It'll be fine. I'm not gonna do anything. Just let me out. Like the fuck the rest of them. Hmm. Uh, what I will say about those uh, those games that we've just listed. There is a vibe of streamer bait that I'm getting from it for very oh, obvious yeah. reasons. Of course. So, which is fine for us. Cool. <laughs> but yeah. does that the mean, streamers. is it going to be fun for people who are not streamers? Mm -hmm. Or people who are even watching streams? Is it actually a game that is fun for people that play games? That's right. the question. Because in, in many cases, it isn't. You know, we've, had, we've definitely had games where it's like, that sounds incredible and then people have turned around and said yeah but we're not streamers we don't give a shit mm. yeah um we've definitely seen a lot of people try to take advantage of like streaming integration and stuff like that and it seems like and we've talked about this before but it seems like overall if your core game without any aspect of streaming sucks then you're like then it's, it's not going to do well at all. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like yes. that has to be your focus and integration or pandering to streamers has to be like secondary. Yeah. Like cuz I'm afraid you, you know you don't make money by people watching your game. You make it by people buying it and playing it. And the hope is that it's an entertaining enough streaming experience that that ends up marketing the game. But if it's not an experience that would be entertaining unless you had an audience and you know i i hear i look at stuff like darwin project and i hear the word mixer and i'm like oh, oh you know uh, we, we're going a little bit too far into non-gamer territory here and more into too much streamer and community interaction kind of shit 
You know, all of that RP stuff sounds great until you realize if you don't have a bunch of funny friends, then it's not actually fun to play. It's like what you know, watching Dead by Dead by Daylight and Friday the Thirteenth. You know, yep. yeah. it was actually fun to play without a good group of funny people doing the role play stuff. No, actually, they're really shit. They're very bad hide and seek games. Hey, like, Dead by Daylight just had some DLC come out, guys. Oh, it was for Soul, wasn't it? TV, was do you want to play? No, I don't want to play Dead by Daylight. It's terrible. <laughs> it's it's very bad. Um, Fact. Yeah, I but, think yeah. the game. Was it called Daylight? That zombie survival game, similar. Is it called Daylight? Something like Dying that? Light. Dying Light. Is that Dying. the one? That I think they just announced a battle royale type. Did they? For their that game. would probably work pretty well. Dying Light's also very good. So, mm. huh. A lot of these old games are sort of like we've lost. Throw a mode. We've lost a little bit of our steam, but what if we throw in battle royale in the game? Why game? not? Yeah. It's a mode. Yeah. You know? I, mean, try I don't it. mind it. I'm totally on board with like just about every shooter, just trying it and seeing if it works. But you know, people are stingier. Well, so I some people also get really militant about it. It's like it's my idea. You copied it. <laughs> in fact, you know, the player unknown. You know, the guy who made it is very militant about that shit. You know, and very yeah. whiny about that shit. I'm like. <laughs> Sorry, mate, you know, you create, you create a genre. Be proud of that, but everyone is yeah. now going to take your game mode because it is a game mode. For sure. And well, they're going to put it in their game. about Fortnite because yeah. they obviously work directly with Epic to get the PUBG working. And then all of a sudden, Epic releases a game mode that's like a carbon copy. Yeah, but that's like... Well, the thing is, they didn't they didn't really work directly with them. All they did was they licensed yeah. their engine like every other game. They actually had no sure. special relationship with Epic at all. So okay, well, based on what he said online, it sounded like that yeah, he was bullshitting. Yeah, okay. they they didn't have any special relationship. Like the only relationship they had was the standard license that everyone signs to use the um, Unreal Four engine. So it sounded like me to me like they had started building the game and then like needed optimization help or something from Epic and were working with the team. But I don't know. Yeah, well, they still need optimization help, so they haven't let get very far with I that. I slightly sympathize with them just because Fortnite directly just, like, they could have just done a few things just to make it less of a ripoff. But they, I don't know, like they've the got building. Game. They've got building. It's a third-person game. It, you know, it's well, a completely different building. aesthetic. So well, of course they did. I mean, they, they, they took it. that out of Fortnite Save the Earth or whatever their PvE thing is, didn't they? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I've, got no, I've got no sympathy for it, just simply on the basis of... I don't give a fuck. If you made a better game, I'm going to play the better one. And mm. honestly, if you can't compete, tough shit. You know, if PUBG was in a better position and wasn't as terribly optimized back then as it was, then I doubt Fortnite would have been able to grab as many players as it did. You know, it came along at a time when PUBG was running like absolute garbage. You know, it's, it's running better now, certainly, but... Yeah, I, I I don't I don't mind things like fast follows, and I don't mind people making similar games because it means at the end of the day, what'll be left standing is probably the best one, and the that's good. Thing. That's good for us. You know, it's the same thing as we're saying. I want something in the middle, right? Of those two games, I don't want Fortnite or PUBG. I want something in the middle. Maybe that's Darwin Project, even though that right. now sounds completely different to. Uh, all that stuff but hey isn't that cool because along comes that game and that game sounds completely different and original yeah which is what we've been wanting yeah is for yeah. people to be more creative with that genre mm -hmm. yeah i'm quite excited for the hunt showdown which is like the yeah 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 hundreds 
modded World War One weaponry fighting zombies in like marshland america like that looks really creative and really some interesting. weird monster hunting and then escape with yeah. a trophy kind of thing i don't also know I st- a battle royale set up around yeah duos it's gameplay. really like, it's strange fun. yeah Sounds, that, i mean like it could be awful it could easily be awful because the frame rate i've seen so far from the streams is just like is that yeah. 10 fps what's no it dear. running at there but you know if they can i'm intrigued running, it could be cool yeah yeah there's some interesting stuff come out of here. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll wrap up what there is of the news, which is not a huge amount, and tell you if there's anything worthwhile coming out this week. Um, spoiler, a few things. Not not too many. But if you have a console, there's one or two things you might be interested in. You're watching the Co-Optional Podcast? Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Co-Optional Podcast. And straight into the news, of which there isn't a huge amount, but... The one thing that is about to talk about is very interesting and quite a bold move, I think, in regards to Microsoft and Xbox. Mm. It's announced earlier today that the Xbox Mm. Game Pass will include on launch basically every one of Microsoft's major console exclusives of which as many jokes as you might make, they do actually have some of those. And we're talking about games like State of Decay 2, Crackdown 3, Sea of Thieves, and the next Halo, Gears of War, and Forza will be available as part of the Xbox Game Pass subscription for the cost of your sub. So you don't have to spend $60 on it for $10 a month, you get that, and you get it on launch day. All of their new stuff, which is aggressive, to say the mm. least, when it comes to a... It's a pretty bold move on Microsoft's part. Like... Yes. Okay, a lot of thoughts. One, I don't see anything wrong with this. Awesome, good for Microsoft for doing that. I think that's, like, cool. Uh, two, how, as a developer, do you know if your game did well if most people play it on a platform like this three uh does it reek of desperation to get people to play xbox or is that just a cynical side of me i will uh, say questions to me it definitely does it, was, it's definitely like a please just try it it's great i swear and also also four does that show that they lack confidence in these upcoming titles because they're like no pay no. download thing you get it on the thing and they're no afraid it absolutely like, doesn't not for number question. four. I'll, I'll you know, for number four, I, I would vehemently disagree that that indicates that they lack confidence in those games. Those games will sell, you know. But I think for the desperation thing, I don't call. I don't think it's desperation. I think it is the kind of move you need when you're in last place, which they are. You know, yeah. they're being beaten yeah, solidly sure. by Nintendo and by Sony, and there's no question about that. They are. Simple as that. You know, they may have the most powerful console in the market right now. They do, but they don't have the user base and they don't have the games to really make that matter in all that many ways. The So I've got an interesting perspective on this, and it comes from wrestling. Wow. Like, yes, because... All right, let me hit you with this, because this is actually almost identical to the situation that WWE was in three years ago. Oh, with their, like, streaming service? Yeah, down even to the price point, okay? 
So those who, hell, if, even if you don't know what the fuck wrestling is, you do know the concept of a pay-per-view, right? Where the, the old school way of doing things was you had a big event, you know, just like um, UFC has now, and you paid, it was between like $49.99 or $59.99 for this thing. Like expensive, big deal. Pay-per-view model sustained wrestling for a long time very long time in fact and is still used by ufc and bellator i think uses it as well and a few other things and boxing matches of course uh use pay-per-view as a model mm. a few years ago wwe did something really fucking crazy in the eyes of a lot of people and they said instead of selling wrestlemania for 60 bucks we're gonna sell everything for 9.99 a month on a network that's basically netflix for wrestling but mm. with live capability right right called the wwe network and people were like what the fuck are you doing that like that's insane i mean you're gonna kill you've killed your pay-per-view market overnight and you're then going to be relying entirely on this network to pay for all this shit you're out of your minds like mm. huge risk um, massive risk like the investors were scared as fuck three years down the line this service um has i think about a million and a half subscribe um subscribers and the model itself is working pretty well and it's the way that most people watch pay-per-views and i think um from one of their earnings calls they said they lose money on wrestlemania as a result of this but they make money on all the minor pay-per-views because mm. no one was really buying Backlash or fucking No Mercy. You know, people care about the Royal Rumble. They care about SummerSlam. They care about WrestleMania, right? So, yeah, they're losing money on what they would have got from WrestleMania, but they're making it up over the rest of the year, right? And with a solid monthly invested subscriber base that can also be then monetized to go and buy t-shirts and engage in other shit because they make a lot of ancillary content and documentaries on that network and also they're using it to drive people to go to shows as well so this network idea sounded insane but it's worked out pretty well for them this game pass even down to the fucking price point is identical 9.99 a month you're basically selling your wrestlemania which is your Crackdown 3 or your Halo 6 or whatever for $9.99 a month. And yeah, on a month where that would have been, you know, where that game came out, you're losing money. But Halo 6 doesn't come out every month. Like, they don't have a big, huge, giant release every month. On the months where that's not the case, you've got guys sitting around playing a library of old games that weren't selling anyway for $9.99 a month. And they're engaging in the multiplayer. They're using your online service. And more to the point, they're actually using your fucking platform, which obviously Microsoft are kind of desperate to, um, to have happen. So yeah, it seems brilliant. that's cause... my perspective on it from a business standpoint. And yes, there is definitely a bit of desperation in it because they are in last place. They have to do something yeah. big. There's they no have doubt. They to do something. You're right. Yeah. But well, that's, the that's why they're doing it. It's like what? Two, two AAA releases a year and you get this plan for a year, you know? So Basically, yeah. If you were going to buy those, yeah. Yeah. So you get incredible access to those big games if you're going to buy them. Plus, 
there's inevitably going to be microtransactions in those games or yeah, any of the games yeah. that you probably wouldn't have played anyway. So now they're increasing their chances of people partaking in the microtransaction models. They'll probably make do pretty well on this if they can get people to adopt the system and market it properly. You know, that's the only thing they could really mm. screw up on is if people just don't know about it or something. I mean, they. Um, I don't know what the user base currently is for the Xbox. Obviously, they're in last place at the moment. Um, how many Xbox Ones sold? Let's see if we can find that out. Because then we can figure out how many people do you need to get on Game Pass to make some serious money. Um, estimates are, despite obviously being in last place, they've still sold 30 million Xbox Ones. So you've got a user base, pretty big one. You get a fraction of those to pay you $9.99 a month. Bear in mind, this is on top of the cost of Xbox Live. Yeah, this is this is a wholly separate service. It's a big right. library of games. It's a good one. I've got it on my Xbox just because I'm like, that's actually a lot of games. There's over 100 games on there. There's a bunch of old um, 360 ones that I really enjoy playing. You know, it, it's good value for money. You take, you know, a small portion of that user base and you get them onto Game Pass and you're having them pay on a monthly basis that's a, still a good chunk of change, you know, $120 a year that you're getting out of them. And yeah, you might not be getting a sale on Halo 6, but you're making money in other places, like you said, microtransactions. And how I, I have to wonder how many people really buy, how many exclusives do people buy a year? Because I, I hear people saying, well, oh God, if you did this with um, PlayStation, Look at how many exclusives there are on PlayStation. It's amazing. You know, PlayStation's winning because there's 20 or 30 amazing exclusives every year. How many of those can people actually afford to buy? Mm -hmm. Because they're 60 bucks a pop. Yeah, I, like, think the, I think the layman only buys like... Only a handful. Exclusives maybe a year. Yeah. So if you are talking about all of these, you know, let's say this is like six or seven or eight exclusives that maybe come out in 2018 through this and your layman only buys a couple of them anyway how much money are you really missing out on there right one has if to wonder all you wind up being able to get people to use other services that are associated with your console that's like kind of the goal here right is yeah. to have it become something that you leave plugged in <laughs> yeah and it was um we had a discussion uh, and this was about monster hunter uh, in the um skype chat where we all hang around in and we're like what platform is everybody playing on and it was like playstation so that's kind of everybody. what made that's kind of what made the decision which is a little annoying because i'd prefer to play it on xbox one x because it's a more powerful system so it'll probably run a bit better but if everyone else is going to play it on PlayStation, I've kind of got to play it on PlayStation, right? Because they're not cross-compatible. We can't play together across these systems. So what Xbox needs, of course, is more market share because that friend aspect, like what your friends are playing on, is a big deal when it comes to consoles. Sure, sure. You know? Especially when the, you know, the newest multiplayer game comes out, it's going to be very dependent on what your friends are going to play it on as to what you play it on. Hmm. This is the kind of thing that could definitely push people in that direction, especially when you have like a big multiplayer game like Sea of Thieves or like the new Halo, uh, the new Gears, you know, that would have significant multi multiplayer in there as well. Crackdown 3 is designed for multiplayer, as I recall correctly. 
those are, you know, you really want to shove people in that direction, then this is the kind of thing you need to do. And honestly, like, yeah. this is, it's good value for money. Like, you can you can mock Microsoft all you like about, uh, you know, how desperate they are. And it's fun to take to poke at the bear, especially when they were so arrogant at the start of this generation. But look at what they're offering now. You know, the fact that yeah, it's not a bad deal. It's it's, it's a good deal. Very, it's smart to get it. You'd be if you're you'd if be you a bit dumb Xbox, not to. Yeah. yeah, you'd be an idiot not to get it if you have an Xbox. Yeah. Yeah. If there's if there's games in there that you want and you can justify the cost, then you'd be a bit silly not to get it. And think about all the other stuff they've they've put in that works. You know, the fact that uh, I had Gears of War four on PC and I plug in my Xbox One X and it's just magically there because right. I happen to own it on PC because it's play anywhere. Because they've got that thing now between Windows 10 and uh, between Xbox. So I'm like, huh, okay, that's kind of neat. Maybe I just wanted to play that game on the couch instead of in my office chair today. I actually have that option. They gave me a copy on the other system too. That's that's consumer-friendly. That's a pretty good system. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the exclusives problem is an issue. Like, the, there's no doubt, but I have to wonder, and I'm interested in you guys' opinion on this, do you think that because we're, you know, pretty much all hardcore gamers, we're very focused on exclusives as being kind of be all end all? Because maybe we don't play stuff like FIFA, and we don't play things like Madden, and we don't play all of the cross-platform stuff as much. Or maybe thinking, oh well, you know, we want to play the exclusive that's on the PlayStation Four. You know, want to play Last of Us Two or whatever. You know, we're really focused on that, but. A lot of the general gaming audience, the more casual gaming audience, do they really care what platform Madden is on? Do they really care what platform FIFA is on? Does like is that actually are exclusives as much of a system seller to that audience as we think they are? Because they definitely are to us, sure. Because mm -hmm. we want to play those games and we can't play them anywhere else. But I have to wonder to the general populace if that's actually true or not. I think the friend factor is far more important than the exclusive factor. Absolutely. Yeah, Almost I think you might be right. Everybody I talk to who plays on a console just says, oh, well, I play this because all my friends have Xbox or all my friends have PlayStation. And so like that seems to be the number one driving factor for anything. But then you have to look at, okay, well, why are all that person's friends? Why are they there? Console? Is it the exclusives? I mean, I you know, Halo was sold the Xbox, you know, the original it Xbox. It did, yeah, so yeah. It there's no arguing that it can't be, but in today's era, is it as powerful? Halo doesn't carry the same weight as it used to, no. but uh, they do have a lot of other really good games, so it's hard I to feel say. Like, I feel like it depends, too. Like um, Games like Mario and Zelda can definitely sell a Switch, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Totally. Um, but I don't know that... I don't know that there have been very many exclusives that I can think of. Like, we know that the people who love Destiny really love Destiny. And yeah. in that situation, yeah. When you need a PlayStation. Out, all of yeah. them had the same console so they could all play together and like have their group that played Destiny, right? Uh, but I think that's a rare occurrence, honestly. Well, um, I don't, I don't know how much it is, and I, although I and I also wonder price point wise. I can't, oh God, this is going back so fucking long now. Which was the more expensive console on launch between the PlayStation Four and the Xbox One? Because I think it, it was because the Xbox, PS, wasn't it? 
Yeah, because of the whole remember the the Connect. two press conferences right after one right after the other. Yeah. And Xbox was like, this is how much it's going to be. And then PlayStation was like, well, then this is how much ours is going to be. And everybody was like, PlayStation, oh, yeah, PlayStation beat it by 100, didn't it? And it was a lot of that was down to the fact they didn't have a fucking connect with it. Yeah. So, yeah, there's de that's definitely, a, you know, a factor as well, especially in the early going. If a hundred dollar fucking difference is a big deal, especially when it comes to Christmas. For sure. It's probably one of those things where at the launch of the system, the exclusive factor is the most important aspect of the console. And then once you build up the player base, then the exclusives become far less important down the road. But uh, yeah, it's hard to say at this point in time, now that the system's been out for as long as it has been, is doing this big exclusives thing for like a, a cheap cost going to make any difference, you know, and how many people adopt the platform. Not or is sure. it only going to appeal to people who are already on the platform, you know? I, I think it all comes down to a, a like every generation, every console has the one game that people, that made people buy it, right? And uh, Switch has already had that with Zelda. Like people bought it for that. Yeah. And mm -hmm. PlayStation 4 has plenty of like, it has enough market share where like everyone just expects games to come out on it. Xbox one i don't think has had its huge success yet right like no the reason I don't think so. the, all the other xbox sold were things like oh well there's this game called halo and everyone's talking about it and everyone wants in right yeah the reason why like i bought the original playstation back in the day when i was a big nintendo fan is because of final fantasy 7 and i was mm -hmm. like shit i'm in let's do this and then right. uh, you know and, and so i think there's not been a game on xbox one that has really said this is why you need to get this console yet and there have yeah. been a lot of good games. There's been a lot of games where people have been like, it's going to be hype. But there hasn't been the one game that's met, that, like, literally as a gamer, you said, fuck it, I need this to buy is this. so good. I have to buy that, this. Yeah. yeah. That's fair. It's, it's, it's a strange situation for Microsoft as well, because even when that game does come out, it'll probably be also on PC, which right. is not a problem for Microsoft per se, because they're still selling the copy. It doesn't matter. Like, we're in their ecosystem, either with Windows 10 or with Xbox. They actually don't really care which at this mm -hmm. point but even then you're not going to have a case where it's like well i've got to own an xbox because you could just own a pc to play sea of thieves or right. crackdown 3 or whatever unless they decide which every now and again they do do s silly things like that decide not to put it on pc like you know my master chief collection never came to pc for right. some reason you know the mm -hmm. halo 5 didn't come to pc but the forge mode did but and it's not very good and there was it's yeah I, I, it's a bit confusing in that respect uh, as to what their strategy is but it's a it's a hell of a selling point and i i even wonder if we've now got to the point that we're so far into the generation that people are thinking if they don't own one of the consoles maybe they might want to pick up the other one and is there a justifiable reason to have it and then when you've got both then you start to think well which console am i going to buy this cross-platform game on and if i was just playing on console for a lot of the cross-platform games i'd buy it on xbox one x because it's a more powerful machine mm -hmm. so i wonder it's here oh my it's, god Here's it's very the, interesting so i finally found i've been looking for it i finally found a website that lists like all the console exclusives that sold consoles and so mm -hmm. if you go back and look at xbox um the first xbox had halo star wars and uh knights of the old republic and then fable 
and then it has like all these honorable mention things but those like three huge franchises like big yeah. games that sold that console then you mm-hmm. go to xbox 360 gears of war right you have uh crackdown mass effect halo reach so they're so it's like a new thing like a few new things but some old content there and then when you look at xbox one you have to wonder yourself okay so what was the big seller there because they went back to the Halo pool, they or uh, yeah, the Halo pool. They went back to Gears of War. They like are, they're like, remember all these things you used to love? Yeah. Here's some here's some more stuff of that. And I don't think there's if you look at PlayStation or uh, you know uh, uh, the way the games that they came out with, they're all sort of pushing the limits of what you can expect in gaming. Quite and, a lot of and, new IP on PlayStation in particular. You know, they've definitely yeah. been the new IP machine of this generation. Not even a question mm-hmm. about that. And I feel like. Xbox, I don't know if they're misguided in it or if they look at Nintendo and think like, well, they can release like 50 fucking Mario games. People keep buying that shit. But that's like the reason to buy a Nintendo console is, mm. is Zelda mm-hmm. or Mario because it's something that's, it's an event because they don't, you know, the, the big ones when they come out are huge. And mm-hmm. I don't know that that Halo 6 can live up to that. It just doesn't, no. I don't know if that's possible. Yeah, because, right. you know, they have maybe like those franchises have lost a bit of steam. It's like you said, Gears of War was a massive system seller, but Gears of War 4 was not, by the looks of it, or Halo 5 was not as much of one. It was a system seller, but it wasn't as much of a dominant system seller like the first ones were. And Especially since they ended the story, technically. Like, Halo 5 is, is like, going to go see... Uh, or, like, people making another Pirates of the Caribbean movie and being like, it's going to sell just as much as the first ones did. Yeah, like, yeah. People are They're done. going the story to the well too many times. People. They don't give a shit. Yeah. yeah. They've gone to the well too many times, where Sony is not going to the well, like, too many times. They're bringing out a lot of new IP. And, yeah, for definitely, you know, that's definitely a good thing. And, yeah, sure, it's what, what obviously one of the reasons why the system's doing so well. But it's good that they're doing something to compete because they certainly needed to. We were saying all of last year, it's like, what, what are Microsoft bringing out? They're going to be bringing out something, surely. You know, it's good. Mm. But this is a good deal. I don't think there's any question about that. It's a, it's a silly deal to some extent. You know, it's a very, very good deal if you want those games. If the games in that library are ones you're interested in, then it's a fucking incredible deal. Well, they have PUBG now. <laughs> they do. They do hey. have PUBG. Uh, and uh, and, my, and enjoy, Minecraft. Yeah. If you and enjoy Minecraft. masochism, uh, Finally. you can pick it up. And the Minecrafts. Yeah. Does, PUBG, does, Minecraft. Yeah. I thought it was well, at but... first, but it's not. It's also no, PlayStation. No. I think EA would be a bit bonkers to make that an Xbox exclusive, considering how much they're spending on it. It would have yeah. to be insane. Well, there you go. Xbox Game Pass looks like it's going to be worth quite a lot in the not-too-distant future. Mm. Other than that, I don't think there's much on the news front, unless people really, really want to mention the rumor that John Cena may be Duke Nukem in a movie. I did read about that. I I thought you might want to at least mention it. I already put my movie pitch out there. Make it happen. Make it happen. I'd watch it. Yeah, for sure. That's one of those movies where you're just like, that guy is that character, so we have to make it. You know? Right. <laughs> I don't know if they, they would let him say the things he needs to say in order to be a good Duke Nukem, although we have seen his bare naked ass on on film. That is a real thing. So, you know, who knows? Who knows what he's willing to do? 
You said that with such confidence. It's true. We have seen his ass. We have. Yeah, we have. <laughs> I haven't. I don't know that's true. I can't. That's because you can't see him. Obviously. Yeah, I don't. I can't. I have no evidence. <laughs> <of that. laughs> All right. Okay. Goofs. Indeed, it had to happen at some point. Okay, releases. Uh, there are some coming out this week, and some look quite interesting and many others look like they're a waste of your time so we're going to try and avoid those ones if we can sounds like plan to me mm. let's begin jesse i know you've wanted Ooh. to you have i believe you might even be streaming this one today yeah the minute we're possibly done here, i'm gonna start i'm gonna start this bad boy up lost sphere comes lost out today on sphere. switch ps4 and pc uh it's part of square enix's like collective and a bunch of indie stuff. And this is from the team that gave us uh, I'm Setsuna, yep. which was, for all of its faults of being stuck in a snowy wasteland, was still really entertaining a and pretty very fun. Cute game, yeah. Yeah, uh, definitely gives you Chrono Trigger vibes. And so this one, I'm very excited for. I played a little bit at E3 and uh, I am ready. It's about a world slowly disappearing and you as the heroes have to figure out why things are turning into white light. I have no clue. I have no I have no clue what's gonna happen, but I'm really excited. It it seems really, really fun. So I'm ready. There you go. Sweet. Dodger. Yeah. This game uh <laughs> looks up my alley. It's okay. you, play, you play it Nostradamus. The Nostradamus and the four horsemen of the apocalypse. It's one of those games where it's like a bunch of puzzles and there's also like hide and hide and find sort of sort of stuff to it but it's got like beautiful art and all of that so i was like hmm, i'd play and that and it's nostradamus and Fair it's enough. nostradamus yeah all right jesse tell me about your time at porsche yeah so my time at porsche is a game that there's a lot of games apparently coming out that are of that like farming variety mm -hmm. uh i'm never a huge fan of them but this game just looked very cute and you are literally trying to make this town uh, back into the, the once glorious town it was. And you grow stuff and you raise animals and you befriend the town inhabitants. You know, the obvious tropes, but it just looks uh, interesting. And uh, I like the, the visual style of it. It's very cartoony. And, yeah, um, looks quite clean. I like cute. it. And apparently there's combat where you fight monsters. So who knew? Huh. Yeah, I'm more interested now in that than I was initially. That actually looks pretty neat, especially since a lot of it seems to be less farming and more building shit in your crazy grandpa's workshop or whatever. So yeah. I'm up I'm up on that one. And yeah, there is combat. Doesn't look too shabby even. Huh. Well, there you go. And on the farming front, Dodger. Everybody's been mentioning this game if you're like super into farming games. But uh, yeah, there's a game called Staxel that's like a voxel-based farming game uh it has co-op so if you're somebody who has been waiting around for one of these games to have good co-op maybe this is it um it's an early access currently but yeah people people seem interested so i want to try it out that's one for you so the iconoclast has apparently been in dev for something ridiculous like 10 freaking years and it is a it's a platformer basically it's an action platformer the art for it is gorgeous you know it's on like shovel knight levels of stuff going on there it's getting quite a lot of attention and hype i think just simply because of how long it's taken to make and it looks like this is an exceedingly 
large amount of polish going on with this one. And that's coming out on pretty much every platform, PC, PS4, and P actually PC, P PS4, and Vita, apparently. And I'm going to assume it's coming to Switch because, I mean, a game like that is going to come to Switch at some point, surely, even if it's not today. But yeah, Iconoclasts. There seems to be quite a lot of excitement around that one. And that one is out right now. January 24th. This is Jesse's. Yeah, there's actually two, even though it's listed on the 23rd. Um, uh, tomorrow, Inpatient finally releases for PS4. That's what, the, uh, what is the Inpatient? It's the prequel to Until Dawn. And oh, really? It takes place 60 years prior in the Insane Asylum, uh, the Blackwood Sanatorium, before until dawn which i have no idea how that relates but it's a vr game so it's ah. a horror vr game god help us all that's fuck gonna that. be terrifying nope fuck everything about that yeah, no, thank one. you <laughs> and, not in a million um, years then there's zway uh which appears to look very much like a uh secret of mana style game where there are three hmm. characters and they sort of run together and you can control the different parts of them oh um, there we go that's the game i'm very finish. interested in this I I hope I truly hope that uh, uh, it turns out to be as exciting and like silly and fun and simple as I, I think so. Yeah, it looks it looks very like, like it just has that secret amount of vibe. I'm down. Hmm. Well, there you go. Uh, Level cap. You had mentioned Unstoppable Hamster, and I don't think that you mentioned it in a positive way. Well, and also, uh, I don't shit. think anybody addressed Puke Simulator either. No, is, I, I'm sure they won't, didn't. We won't address it. And we will it. not. You're right. <laughs> God. Like yeah, this is right. We won't address it. Look at all the effort they put into it. It's an entire city. It's a GTA-sized city where you <sighs> can go around puking on people. God I mean, damn it. Yeah. This, this is the shit we have to look through on the Steam list, folks. This is the stuff that we avoid showing you. There's, there's, a, there's a lot of it. Like, for instance, on January the 25th, I think there are at least 40 games, and we're only going to be mentioning a couple of them. Dodger, you had one on the list called Celeste, I believe. Yeah, it's by the people who made Towerfall. Uh -huh. um, it's a It's like a narrative platformer game about a girl who's trying to find herself. 600 uh, screens of hardcore platforming challenges. Fuck that in every way. I uh, look at the color that's palette you. on that's these you. That's, screenshots. This is your oh, game in a nutshell. So good. So Not excited. touching it. No, that seems evil in every respect. But that is a game. That is a you game through and yeah. through. Yeah. Nope. Ain't um, going anywhere near that one. January twenty sixth is also basically entirely me. So, um, there's Tesla versus Lovecraft. Yep, I've actually played that. It's good. It's, is it? Yep, it's fun. If you like little sort of Robotron Smash TV style little arena shooter things, that's what that is by the guys that make Crimson Land. Down twin stick for yeah. Anybody yep, it's. Uh, I've played a couple of hours of this. I'm actually probably doing a video on this one tonight. And yeah, it's it's fun for that. You know, in good short bursts of slaughtering Lovecraftian stuff. And Tesla Nikolai Tesla gets his own mech and murders the shit out of things oh, in it. It happened. Which yeah. is as historically accurate and exactly exactly how it should feel. It's it's legit. It's good for short bursts of um, awesome action. I am quite enamored with it. Cool. That's um, great. Th there's also Dragon Ball Fighters. Kind of a big deal. And yeah. uh, Monster Hunter World. 
Yep, those are your big releases this yeah, week on wait. January the 26th, which is an odd odd time for both of them to come out. Actually, a Friday for both of them instead of the oh, Tuesday hell no, release. That's a perfect time. I'm gonna you will not hear from me for three days. I will disappear. Yeah, Monster Hunter <laughs> World, PS4 and Xbox One. Yeah, I think I said we're all gonna be on PS4 for that one by the looks of it. Yeah. Don't think there's anything else on that day. No, I wouldn't want to release on that day either, frankly. Jesus. You know, between those two games. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be like, uh, I'll just wait one yeah. more day. And those wondering about the PC version Monster Hunter, they're delaying it by a months and months, which is a very silly idea, I think. But is what it is. I'm so, I don't. I think for that game, it's just going to have to be a console play for me because I don't think I'd want to start the game again on PC six months after its console release. I think it's a bit silly. Yeah. It's a bit silly. All right. Moving on to January the 27th. Somebody tagged Aircraft Evolution. Yeah, well, hey, I got to pick a game, right? I was you looking do. through all these ones. This reminds me of my childhood, all right? Go through four temporary eras from the first time of World War War, oh, World War One to futuristic play. It's a side-scroller playing game. Um, yeah, this it looks cool. It's got some physics yeah. built into it. So, like, when you're blowing up buildings, they physically fall down and stuff. Um, oh, it's got I played leveling the heck out of these like in that. the arcades, waiting to go see movies and stuff, so... I'd yeah. check this one out for sure. Yes, it reminds me of a really old game that I used to play on a, like the microcomputer I had when I was about six years old. It was like Time Fighter or something like that. This actually mm -hmm. looks pretty neat. I'd probably play this, especially since there's uh, like the leveling ups going on. And I wonder if you can take like a jet fighter into World War One. That would be pretty legit. I'd play that. Yeah, I don't know about that, but that'd be awesome. Yeah, taking down the airships and stuff. It, it yes, that's yeah, that's a nice little uh, arcade game. The Apartment. Is this another one of those silly psychological horror games? It is, isn't Hell it? Hell yes, it is. Yep. <laughs> I love these kinds of games. Uh, yeah, it's you're investigating several murders, and you are exploring what could be real, what could be fake. Is it the same apartment? Are they all different? Like, just, you know, anything can mess with your mind. You know I'm I into. So I saw this and was like, <gasps> go on. Yeah, you, you, you can have them, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, you I can will. have them. Oh, I'll have them. <laughs> You also had Stage Fright. Yeah, we talked yeah, about this that. Is a game. Oh, yeah, I thought about this last week, didn't we? Yeah, Yeah, and I guess it isn't out yet, but I saw that and was like, yo, uh, this actually seems like a really cool concept that you, the more you're on stage and the more you do it, the more like crazy shit gets. They try and fuck with you. There are ghosts yeah. and things. I know. Yeah, it looks bonkers. So <laughs> It's a, it's a rhythm got. game, isn't it? Yeah, it's a rhythm game that tries to psychologically fuck with you to make you screw up your rhythm. How cool so. is that? Yeah. Yeah, they combined rhythm game and guitar hero with horror, which no, absolutely not. Not going anywhere near that. That <laughs> no, that is not my thing, but it's a cool idea. I'll give them that one. Mm. January the 28th, Dodger, you bring uh, us Okay, banks. so I grabbed this yeah? game because I was like, what the fuck? When you click on it, the trailer is just like Bankster. Bankster. Yeah. Bankster with no thumbnails. No. <laughs> Yeah, the th there's not even a single screenshot. Uh, well, yeah, that's a very interesting pick that we got there. What the yeah. fuck? And, uh, it is fully procedural. It, yeah, it's apparently, fully even the screenshots wait. are fully procedural. They just Time haven't procedurally sure generated them bank? Are we, are, Real bank. Oh, hold on. Just like, not a real bank. It's not a like, real bank, no. Let me just take a minute. It says, establish your first bank, expand your territory, right? Become a federal reserve. Got it. I understand. Bankster. Scroll down, take over opponents. Oh, I'm sorry. There will be tough moral choices, secret societies, 
alien technology, interplanetary councils. <laughs> what? I don't believe this game's even real. I don't. I think they just made it up. It's completely not real. And on January the 29th... Uh, yeah, here's another game that I picked as just a what the fuck. It's called WEED, in all caps. But it's, it's another it's another match three anime titty with game. With anime titties in it. Great. Yeah, awesome. I was like, Fantastic. why is it called WEED in all caps? Are you I think we know exactly why. On top of clickbait. I think we know exactly why it is called that. Incredible. Wow. So, yes. Blow, I mean, it got you to click, yeah. Blowing blow my mind on that one, gotta say. And the, the only other release, I think, which, yeah, that's actually Tuesday next week, so we don't have to worry about that, would have been the new Dissidia, but that is not out as of yet. So I think we are about done there on releases. Yep, on PC, there's not really an awful lot, but as I said, if you're into the big indie games, Iconoclast is probably one of the biggest you can get, and JRPG-wise, you do have Lost Sphere, which we don't get that many JRPGs on PC, so... It's nice to see that. And Dragon Ball Fighter Z is hitting PC, which is surprising, but it is it is coming to PC nonetheless. So there you go. And fighters. And Monster Hunter World, well, you're gonna have to wait a while for that, but you can get it on PS4 and Xbox One on January 26th. Mm. All right, cool. I think that really is about it. Thank you very much for watching the show, folks. Much appreciated. But before we go, we'd love to tell you what we're gonna be doing for the rest of the week and what you can expect. So Level Cap, thank you very much for spending all that time with us today. Much appreciated. We'd like to know what's coming up on your channel over the next week. What's going on? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, more Battlefield 1 stuff. We're expecting the drop for the next two maps for the Turning Tides DLC in the very near future. So that's exciting. And then uh, the next, the final Apocalypse DLC will be upon us. So I'll be covering those two games. And if the NDA for... Um, Insurgency, the next Insurgency game. Oh, Sandstorm? Point. Yeah. I will be talking about that, but until that, the NDA is... Can't can't say can't say a word. So I need to play that. We'll just have to wait and see Insurgency what happens. Insurgency was pretty great. Yeah. Yeah, people keep yelling at me, Subnautica. That's already out. We know it's coming out of early access. We don't generally mention that kind of thing. You can get it right now. <laughs> it's been early access for like three fucking years. Go play it if you want. People apparently really like it. So. Yeah, they do. Yeah, I actually have not got around to playing it. I considered playing it in VR at some point, but apparently there are some very, very scary fish in that game, so maybe, maybe not. Scary fish? Scary fish? Yeah. No. That might, fish are scary. That might be a, might be a Jesse game. Uh, might be, that would be interesting. <laughs> scary, scary fish. Scary fish. Jesse, what's coming up on the channel this week? What's going on? Yo, uh, Dodger and I are playing Life is Strange. Um, we're finishing it. And if you want to see the funniest goddamn thing in the world, I think it's episode 13, but it's the first of chapter three. Uh, Dodger loses her mind. And cool. I filmed it all. And I have the video footage of it in the episode. <laughs> and she laughs so hard. She not only cries, but then like dies. I think, I think this is a ghost. This is not even she it, it's like 15 minutes of her laughing it took me at a second to be like what that didn't happen and then i oh, oh you I were in another you left your body for a minute you I left did. your body and you just spasm laughed for a long time oh my um yeah, right. and uh yeah uh, we're gonna stream um some of lost fear today and uh more streams and stuff because now i am it's unified baby jesse cox on youtube jesse cox on twitch jesse cox on twitter finally it has happened Yo. 
It happened. After so many years, Shibuzi is dead. Dead and buried. No, single tier. Single tier for people not ever being able to figure out how to spell Shibuzi. Yes. <laughs> I couldn't. Yeah, no one could. So nope. there we go. It's a terrible idea. Ah, stuff coming up with the channel this week. Uh, I do have treatment this week, but I do also have videos that I have pre-prepared. Of course, you'll see the podcast VOD up if you happen to miss that. I am going to, probably in the next hour or so, make a wee video on Tesla versus Lovecraft, because that's quite a bit of fun. And I thought the, at first you meant you were going to play the game on the Wii, and I was like, fascinating. The Wii? <laughs> what? Why? No, no, no. I was that, that make a Wii video. No, no. A Wii video. A Wii video. Not Irish, it's Scottish. <laughs> anyway, the first episode of our revamped Snark Tank will be out. That is where myself and Jen look at the pictures of indie game devs and crush their hopes and dreams live well, actually via VOD, but, you know, in video form. We have over 400 games that got sent to our Steam curator, so we're very slowly making our way through them, looking to see if any of them look like they're worth their salt. Spoiler, most of them are not, and we're quite mean to them. So that will be coming up later this week. And, God, I don't know if I'm going to have time for anything next week, because I'm actually heading off to the uh, my yearly excursion to the Metal Cruise uh, in the middle of next week. But I think that, yes, there should be a co-optional podcast next week. In fact, I can tell you for a fact there will be, because we do have a very special guest coming onto the show next week who is premiering a rather fantastic show on gaming and mental health called Checkpoint. Going to be inviting Jennifer Hazel to the show, who is an actual real doctor and knows things... Oh. We'll be talking a little bit I about that. I got a lot that. of questions. I got yeah. this like thing on my butt, and I no, want to see No, like... no, no. Go to oh, go, not that no. doctor. Well, she is a fully qualified medical doctor. I'll tell you, she's a psychiatrist. <laughs> That'll be perfect. She is a fully qualified psychiatrist. I don't they're even gonna, know what's wrong with me, man. They're going to be premiering the first episode of their Checkpoint series, and that's going to be premiering on the same day that. She comes onto the podcast. She is an avid gamer. We'll be talking a little bit about a few mental health issues, of which we have plenty, and, of course, a lot of video games as well. So that should be cool. That'll be happening at the usual time of 3 p.m. Eastern. That is 8 p.m. GMT here on twitch.tv slash TotalBiscuit on the Tuesday, on the Tuesday, the 30th, uh, before I go off on my annual excursion away from the internet for a few days and away from everybody else, which will be lovely i'm very much looking forward to that thanks a lot for watching folks and we uh shall remind you that jesse is going live very hey. soon with lost sphere yeah are you yes are you gonna do that right now uh because i yeah, could do sure. i could do the slash i could do the red i can do the red thing if you want it's happening right now we're seeing it right now People can we do it? wonder what the hell's going is it, on uh, can i do slash raid jesse cox is that a command uh, i mean that, you that's can thing? it's all right it, i'm gonna hit that i'm right i'm gonna type it uh oh, there we go i've typed yeah. it there is I'm a raid thing going on raid. you know <laughs> you. i i will cancel this raid thank you very much for watching I folks we'll see you next myself. time goodbye goodbye mm -hmm.